Thank you for tuning in to season two of One Bourbon, One Movie, One Beer. This season, we are covering the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. To fully appreciate our episodes, we definitely recommend that you've at least seen the movie we are about to talk about. Uh, yeah, we're three friends that love bourbon movies, especially Marvel, and beer. Uh, but please note that none of us are actual experts in any of these subjects. No, not experts, but we love all three, love talking about all three, and drinking two of them. <laughs> A lot. Mm -hmm. Also, this podcast will contain many spoilers and some adult content. Yep, that's still pretty fucking valid. Yeah, and if you enjoy these episodes, or if you don't, still leave us a five-star rating. Mm -hmm. You can also check out our website. It's one bourbon, one movie, one beer, using the number one instead of the word one. There you can send us an email, stream any of our episodes, find links to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or even chat with us live. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 37. Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm Wit. I am Paul. I'm Ryan. So this one is... Is this the first one that had the 10-year logo? I think I think it was Infinity War. In 2018, Infinity War came out right before this. This was in between them. But it definitely but had But I wanted the, to send a text to you to correct you and say this was the first, but then I was like, mm, I better check my own facts. <laughs> <laughs> and, then I double, and then I looked at it, uh, Infinity War, my guess is 18. You're like, and then I turned on Disney Plus but, and played the intro for Infinity War. Right. I was like, There's the 10. Okay. I instinctively remember it on this this film when I watched it last night, and, and it was the 10 in the uh, studios. So yeah, I watched, It's at uh, least the 10-year anniversary. I watched it with the commentary, and Peyton Reed was like, and there it is, the red 10. I was like... Dang it, Paul's right. <laughs> I know it for sure wasn't Endgame because that was 19. But, but I, that'd be like 11. I think that's like one of the best parts of this movie <laughs> is that you're like, this is one of those, it's made it 10 years and yeah. it's now, you know. No, I mean, wait, back up. It's still it's, Paul Rudd is the best part of Endgame. It's still Paul Rudd. Yeah. yeah, just to be clear. Correct. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying like that initial intro, you're like, oh, man, it's he's, uh, a full decade worth of stuff. You just got done with Infinity War. I was about to say, it's worth <laughs> noting, he's just got nominated Officially as the sexiest man alive. Officially the sexiest he's man alive. 52 years Officially. old. Officially. Also 32. And probably <laughs> 22. He hasn't changed. I don't know. He doesn't He literally hasn't Clueless. changed. There's a side-by-side -side shot of him years. from Clueless and now, and he looks exactly the fucking same. He just looks a little tired in this... <laughs> Well, let's get into this uh, first impressions. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, who wants to go first? Any, mini, mini, mini? I don't know. I don't care. Who goes first? Sure. I'll go. Yay. Typical. Fun movie. <laughs> Loved it. It was great. It was fun. Um, no recollection whatsoever where you were. Honestly, I don't remember. No. Oh, I, remember <laughs> I remember. I remember. I don't remember. Um... Yeah, I don't remember. But I, I mean, I remember watching this movie and the first time and realizing it, it's really fun. Um, it doesn't do much more than the first one. Like, there's a not, there's not a lot of advancement than there is in the first one. Obviously, Wasp is introduced, which is one of the coolest parts of this movie. Yeah, Angelina Jolie gets the. She yeah, she's fantastic. Jolie. But Lily, Jesus, what the fuck? I was about to say, did you say Jolie? I just combine her with <laughs> yeah. Angelina Jolie. Evangeline yeah. Lily. 
<laughs> Sorry, Joe Lee. Big Sorry. fan, but uh, holy shit. <laughs> Sorry about it. But uh, no, it's a, it's a fun movie. I really enjoy it. I mean, it's hard to not have fun in a movie with Paul Rudd. No, it's um, impossible. And Michael Pena. And Michael Pena. Gosh. <laughs> I think that's why I love it so much is because there's so many points where I just laugh out loud that normally don't happen and it's a nice change to rather than you're just getting an action movie to get i mean it's kind of more of a comedy in some respects than it is an action movie um it's like a comedy heist movie yeah yes both ant-man movies have been like comedy heist heist movies yeah yep which i love it which are fun but um i think one thing they did is just hit more on the things that did well in the first movie. And I feel like you got more of Michael Payne in this movie. Uh, you got more of his antics, just his personality. The whole truth serum was amazing. <laughs> oh, shit. This is truth serum. Oh, shit. Like, this is truth serum. He's like, I hate the way that you do the dishes in the There's dishwasher. No He's like, why would I say that? Why would I ever say that? Sorry. I'm not oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> What's up? <laughs> you you know. never seen that critically acclaimed commercial? Yeah, you, know, you all remember that, our, our, that beloved, the beloved commercial? The beloved says? commercial? <laughs> beloved Budweiser commercial? Um, the, yeah. Budweiser? It's a, I mean, that's all I have to say. It's fun movie. Enjoy it. It's great. Paul Rudd, Michael Pena, everybody's great in it. I love, um, a, I love a funny movie that you can just start quoting with your friends. <laughs> it's just fun. Did you mention Randall Park? Gosh, Randall Jimmy, Park is so Jimmy good. Jimmy Woo. Holy I shit. didn't, but he is... Jimmy Woo is so good. I'm so happy that he just got a lot of time in this movie because he is fantastic. Um, I'm I, glad they brought him back for WandaVision. Honestly, amazing. honestly, my favorite scene in this movie is when <laughs> he's explaining explaining to Cassie like yeah. all the legal implications <laughs> of what like can happen. It's like adult stuff to you. It's, it starts off like so innocent. He's like, he colored on the walls in Germany yeah, with on the walls. Iron Man. And then he goes, Captain and America. then goes into the class action like this, this. And you're yeah. like, okay, you had you could have stopped there. You're yeah. really good with kids. <laughs> yep. at- I'm also a youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, that was a casting Oh, man. But, yeah. I mean, just those three characters in general, anytime they're on the screen, I'm having a good time. Oh, good yeah. Good time. Well, for me, I believe that I saw this with Paul. Maybe. I'm about 90% sure. I know I also saw it with my wife. Yeah, because I think I we saw it opening. We saw like the opening day, and then yeah. you were like, my wife's going to want to see this one. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Because she likes, she likes Paul Rudd and the Ant-Man film. Because I'm pretty sure one. Jared went with me and you. Yeah. Because I yeah, had invited... Yeah. I, it I was like he couldn't go, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I invited... Uh, you guys and Jared, and I don't know why you couldn't go, Ryan. But because Jared was going, I was kidding. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> he was like, he's like, I'll just sit this one out. Um, he's like, here comes the pet dispenser. Like, damn it, Jared. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you know? We haven't even seen this yet. But um, <laughs> I want I want to say that it was Jared and Paul that I was in between, and it was like, okay. Uh, this is like the first impression of most of my movies I see in the theater. Right. My brother's here, and then this is also where 
I think it might have been one of the first ones that you had been to the movies with Jared because I kept yeah. inviting him and he couldn't ever go. Right. <laughs> um, right. I think it was Infinity War in this one. I think. Uh, I know Infinity War. We I think I said we all saw that, but I don't he think he saw Infinity one. War with us. He saw Endgame with us. Right. And we will get into that on our next episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, again, first impressions of this movie though, I. I just had a really fun time watching it. Um, I didn't see the first Ant-Man in theaters, but then because of, you know, just we talked about it on that episode, Paul Rudd just being a perfect Scott Lang and Michael Pena, like Ryan was saying, and even Michael Douglas, I think, was who I picked for my favorite character of that movie. Like, everything worked really well. Yeah. Um, So this one, I was like, this is just... All out fun. It's a totally different pace than Infinity War was. I was very happy that it was a comedy. It because, was lighthearted, yeah. Because we had just gotten off of the biggest downer of the yeah. entire MCU. And I was just the like, universe needed Paul Rudd to help us yeah, out of that. We needed <laughs> we needed the eternal Paul Rudd yeah. to come in and I'm surprised I didn't give him Texas Man Alive that year. Because he saved us all. <laughs> Just every year. It's like, well, yeah. Paul Rudd, uh, you get it this year, this year, this you get year. a holiday. Replace Christopher Columbus Day with fucking Paul Rudd Day. I'm but I, I also right loved... <laughs> I love that, you know, when you get to the end, you have the stinger of him using the quantum realm. Like, they've been setting up the quantum realm the entire movie. Did you just but, put quantum in front of everything? Yeah. Did, did you just put quantum in front of <laughs> every single thing that you guys say? <laughs> yep. But they set it up really well with the way they did their post scene to remind you of infinity war. Um, because you're like, Oh, this is clearly happening around the same time as all that stuff was happening. Right. They just happen to be in California while everybody else has been in London and Wakanda and on another planet. Yeah. Um, but he was handling such smaller stakes and he was under house arrest. And yeah, I think it's, genius that they do the same thing with Endgame and start off with showing you the other character that couldn't be involved with Infinity War. Right. And so it's like just that little tidbit at the end where you're like, where okay, was he? Where was he? because of this, like if they're going to win, it's going to be something that's involved with this movie, which really elevates this movie on the tier system. Later. Yeah. Cause it's like without well, that, it's what takes this movie a little higher up than Ant-Man in that respect, on that yeah, category. Just a little. Well, just, just because the stakes are if they don't get the quantum tunnel, they don't get time travel and Endgame doesn't happen. Yeah, right? it's like without that, like this movie, it could very easily be one of those that could slip into a lower three or a four. Right. Because it's like, yeah, it's not like, it's not carrying enough weight to where it's like, all right, they need this one to win. But then... They bring it back just perfectly um, with that one scene or two. And you're like, okay, I'm back in. Yeah. Now, what's going to happen? I think they had finally named Endgame as the next title after this one came out. Um, right, around there. Or it was at least shortly after. Because yeah. it was like, okay. At least it was guessed by the fans. Every, yeah. <laughs> everybody knew that was going to be the title. Yeah. That's but the only- yeah. You're like, the title's in this picture of the set, and everyone's like, it's only Endgame. That's the only thing that's in here. And they're like, oh. <laughs> it's the only one that it was going to be. It's not Infinity War Part 2, it's Endgame. Right. Um, but yeah, I got I got done, and we talked in the parking lot for like an hour, just about like, I wasn't expecting to talk that long, 
because I most of the movie was just, it was like, we're going to be having a good time. It's fun. And yeah. then it was like, oh, how are they going to use this? Yeah. Um, but ultimately. It was more like, how does it fit into the proper just, story? Yeah. Ultimately, just a super fun movie. Probably, probably before we got into like going seeing Shang Chi and stuff, this was probably one of them that I would have put at the top of the list of. It's just fun to watch because it's always going to be funny. It's It's always going to be lighthearted. It's always going to have, you know, a perfectly cast set of people that are playing well together in the sandbox of the Marvel universe. Right, and I, I think that's why I'd at least like turn it on if I saw it on TV. It's like, yeah, yeah, that one's fun. I'm going to turn it on and see where it is because mm-hmm. I want to laugh and I just love Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sexiest man alive. Nice. Yeah, that's it. My turn. Uh, we just did mine. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Brian did mine. I was there. I did yours. You did. So they're all the same. Yeah. What's next? Uh, well, my, uh, yeah, my first impression is blended between that one and the one with my wife, but it was more like... Wife and I went to go see it together because we, she enjoys. She, I I'd gotten her into like caught her up into the Marvel films, by way of probably the Guardians films and the Ant Man films basically, and Iron Man. She's a big fan of Downey Jr. and all the Iron Man stuff. But I was like really excited about the directions they're going to go in with Wasp and the bringing Hope Van Dyne out of the quantum scenario and how they're going to touch on all that and how they're going to do it visually and. And whatever, and then I wasn't sure. I saw like ghosts in the trailers. I was like, "Ooh, that's gonna be kind of cool to deal with," you know, a phasing character. But uh, I wasn't sure what because I didn't have a lot of like comic context for her character, so I didn't really know what to go with on that one. You know, mm-hmm. I was also I, so excited to have Michelle Pfeiffer as oh, Janet. Yeah. Having <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer as, as Janet I was, was just so like, cool. That's gonna be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And then uh, so like. I think I, uh, like, I still have, like, like this thing in my head, like, I really like Scott Lang being the Ant-Man character and Hope being the Wasp character versus Janet and Hank, because I I just feel like they have more, they're just more fun, both of them. Hope also is just as, like, she, she's a good foil for, for him. Like, she wants to be Hank. She wants to be serious, but mm-hmm. Scott won't let her. Like he just always does goofy shit. <laughs> and like, and then she's just funny too. Like she fucks with him all the time. Like that was scene where he's jumping for the trophy and he's literally, short. yeah. And she's like, <laughs> oh my god. So she's like, she's like, you almost got it. Come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's so many little little good little scenes in there, and there's a lot more. Like, of the comedy spread around this time around with other characters, with him going, like, you know, even Hank going, hey, that was, that was cool, champ. You want a juice box? Yeah, hey there, champ. <laughs> want a juice box and some things? He's like, you seriously have, you seriously have that? <laughs> but, I'd, be uh, da- I'd be down for that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's so many good parts. Even the, the parts I thought were going to drag are the, are the the parts I have issues with are still not really big issues. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, in general, it's a, it's a, a little higher stakes than Ant Man in my mind, um, just because of how it spills into the 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 larger storyline and how it, the the tech involved in this is critical for the success of the whole thing. You don't really get that on your first impression entirely, except for the fact that, except for the really when it ties into the stinger you're saying at the end when they they phase out and he's stuck in the quantum realm and you're like, oh yeah. shit, that's where he is, and. 
Because everyone's like, where the hell was Paul Rudd? Where the hell was fucking... Where was, where was fucking Ant-Man and Hawkeye? Where the hell were they? And then you're like, oh shit, he's stuck. He's stuck. <laughs> he, 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 <laughs> he might never come back. He's kind of stuck. But I do uh, want to bring that back to a con section later. But anyway. Uh, hey, me too, man. <laughs> I do have a really... I have an issue about that. How... Why? So... Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, how, what, when, where, why? Yeah. But either way, I remember, I remember coming out of the theater being like... You and I talking about it and being pleasantly happy about how funny it was and how good it was in general. And uh, the giant Pez dispenser blasted car. I mean, that was fun. <laughs> the fact that, like, how fucking fun would it be to just fly around in a car where you can just shrink and grow at any moment? That would be so much fun. Or the but, fact uh, that he's just got a Hot Wheels case full of right. cars. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Hot Wheels rally case. <laughs> It's incredible. <laughs> I'm gonna say that they didn't use more of those cars. I wanted to see all of them <laughs> in action. Every one of them, I wanted to. I want to like, see them pull out like a Batmobile. Just be like, <laughs> mm. I thought like, maybe. I thought maybe Marvel, they would do it. it away. It's like a callback to the fact that he kept losing a bunch of ants to the fucking seagulls. Mm. I thought maybe there'd be a scene where he kept losing cars and they just could pull out a new one. <laughs> I thought that'd be kind of a good callback joke. But uh, but anyway, you yeah, know, it's a great film, and and uh, I mean, it's not. No end game, but it's it's a good like we were saying before. It's like it was good, uh, like upper uplifter between the films. It was a good bridge between the gaps, and it was a good. Um, I mean, I can't think of another film or another characters solo film that I would have rather been in between these two films. You know, because Paul Rudd again is so freaking funny, and he's so and all the characters are funny. All of them are are so great that you you forget. That you're depressed that everyone else is half gone. <laughs> for all, <laughs> yeah. for you get for a minute that Spider Man just showed up and now he's blipped and you're like, what the fuck? You guys dusted Spider. Black Panther hasn't even. <laughs> he's got. He's got to have another movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's got to be. Another they one. just want a goddamn Oscar. That's all <laughs> but, we uh, had left. But yeah, like there's so many like. <laughs> I'll never forget that. What? In in game where that chick in front of us. Black Panther gets dusted, and then all she does, oh, she just goes, oh, hell no, that's all we had left. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. So messed up. I'll never forget that, and I'll never forget the lady falling during Deadpool 2. Oh, that was the best. <laughs> just finally. <laughs> My karma caught karma. up to her. Glorious karma. My worst movie experience quickly turned into my best movie experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Karma fixed that nicely. Real fast. Ended up with a bow. It was sweet. Uh, but yeah, um, fun movie. Fun <laughs> movie. I'll, I'll leave it there. Fun, fun movie. Yeah, yeah. You guys ready for some bourbon town? Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. So I brought in Whistlepig Ten Year Rye for the film that's about ten year anniversary timeline. I had to find some way to connect things. Yeah, I was like, going to say, I'm like, you can't really put a pig into this movie anywhere, or maybe some, some whistling when, happening. When pigs fly and get eaten by seagulls. <laughs> right. No, uh, this is one that I like Whistle Pig a lot. Um, she was gone for longer than 10 years. You're correct. 30 years, I believe. Well, just leave it at longer than 10. <laughs> But uh, and we're fine. Whistle Pig is is one that um, I used to go to this restaurant here and there in like Decatur that uses Whistle Pig bourbon in a lot of their sauces and um, pairs it with a lot of their um, entrees. 
Oh yeah, that's an expensive cooking uh, bourbon for it sure. It is, and <laughs> it is a pricey yeah. menu. Yeah, I was gonna say, but that like adds ten bucks um, to your the ten year is one that I gravitate to. Um, it's kind of middle of the road for them technically, but it's still really, really elevated. Um, because they have one that's like a six year, then a ten, then they have like twelve and a fifteen. I think they've got one under a six. I think. Do they, they? I think they have a four. Is that the piggyback one? Well, I think the piggyback is the six year. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's always smooth. What the? It's always good. Sorry, I just I got it's expensive I it. It for pro- cooking. It says product of Canada. Can Canadian whiskey bottled in Vermont? So Welcome technically, well, that's why it's a rye whiskey instead of a bourbon. Maybe because they can't call it that because it's not from the state. <laughs> like, mm. it'll be all right. Goddamn Canadians. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I'm trying to think of what it's similar to. Um, it's kind of got yeah, its own. Yeah, it's not, got its, it's got own, own thing going here. Yeah, it's got its own flavor don't profile. You, though. Don't you dare say what I think you're gonna say. Oh, I would. N- I would not say this is a Four Roses or a Buffalo <laughs> Trace. It's one of the four of the roses. I was thinking more of <laughs> one of the barrel bourbons. No, nah. like elements See, of he, one. Here's the crazy thing: is this is it's a hundred proof. However, oh. it is very smooth, and it's it, not super super duper burning. And you get you get some of the sweet accents really on the nose. It smells kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. Um. But gosh darn it, is it not just... Just that vanilla-y hint to it, and then like, it's almost like a cooling heat, like almost like a, a minty, like heat, like you know what I'm saying, like uh, if you have a bunch of peppermints, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it feels like it's like hot, almost. God, you, it really, like if, if like you the, have like a bunch the, of peppermints... Like the second phase of a red hot... There you, you go. You smell it. You smell... It, you get that vanilla smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice and it's sweet. It's more. It's I was off my grabbing the uh, bottle of the um, the Redemption, Redemption High Rye Bourbon. I, that one, I feel like that's the closest one we got because it's rye, but also like mm-hmm. light in color and light in like. But this it doesn't have a ton of uh, intricate flavors rocking in there. It's definitely its own flavor profile, though. Like it's, 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 it's got hints of notes. It's got like half notes of other things we've tried, but it's yeah. the way that it layers in is it's its own thing. I, I mean, it's good for being its own its own deal. Yeah, having that, it's it's like I'm looking at the Flaviar wheel of it now, and it's saying that there's like the charred honey, yeah. butterscotch, like all that playing with that vanilla, um, which bleeds into I some can caramel see the honey, the notes. Butterscotch is a stretch from my palate, but maybe. Well, like. The rye is like uh, in the center of the wheel, so like what you were yeah. saying, you're like I can tell it's a rye whiskey. Yeah, it definitely is is firmly in the rye category. It's not on the fringe, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm surprised at how sweet it is every time I get it because I'm like, yeah, it's and sweet. how different it is I from everything. It, it has its that's own probably flavor. where I'm getting the honey from. And I, I think, think that's honey. I was like, yeah, that's where that's. Yeah. And I think that's why I was thinking of some barrel bourbons because all those bourbons that we've tried have all been their own thing. Yeah, and they've all like one of them had like a bubble gum flavor to it, and then you have the other one that has like really using the smoke and the char here and there, and like yeah, and the seagrass. But they are all so different that you're like, I want all of them. Yeah, <laughs> like 
because it's of a different flavor in so, each one. The, the barrel ones you know, are so distinct. You know what's weird about this? You know when you... Um, and let me finish this before you interrupt because it's going to make sense. No. You, <laughs> I know. You know when you... Do, like you use mouthwash, you rinse your mouth, you spit it out, and then just the way your mouth feels afterwards. This part that sucks. <laughs> no. Oh, well, I mean that's when it's in your mouth. I'm thinking of that. No, part. like give it. A couple, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, give it a couple minutes, and then the way your mouth feels. Like my mouth feels like I've used a mouthwash. Mouthwash, but it's like. It's not like super minty. It just is coating your mouth to where like every if you time had you a, breathe, like a honey flavor. Every time you breathe, you're getting a little bit of a minty tingle, but then you're still tasting like oh some wow, honey. Or, yeah, that's what I was trying to the, say. Uh, the old breathing thing where you go like breathe in while it, you yeah. try that. That is a totally different fucking angle on this flavor. Well, that's what I was trying to say when I was Holy thinking shit, of the I mint. Yeah. Now. When I was thinking of that mint kind of, not a burn, but it's just like the way that it stays, that flavor. That, that icy. Yeah, thing. but that like changes. The icy. Icy. Yeah. I do that pretty much with every one of them, but that one is, uh, that move is holy crap. Ooh. You see what I'm saying? Like it's a, like a, it just goes a 180 and does what he's talking about. So I've started, I've wow. watched a few people like do tastings mm-hmm. of whether it's wines or bourbons or whiskeys. They just copy them. And I've started trying to emulate how they do it. <laughs> to pretend no, but it's to be really them. cool. Like when you, as you're drinking it, uh, and this is more of a wine thing, but when you're drinking it, you're like breathing it in while you're drinking it, just to get the air circulate to aerate mm-hmm. the. Um, I'm, just, I'm just like picturing Ryan at home in front of a, like a YouTube, like making weird faces. His wife walks by the room. No, and he's like, it's, what the fuck are you doing? You think it's crazy. <laughs> so y'all know how earlier this week I introduced you to the new liquor store that I'm obsessed with. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, I sat in my kitchen for probably about 15 to 20 minutes tasting both of these. Well, one was a bourbon, one was a rye. Are they gone now? It's oh like, no! I have twenty minutes. I assume they're both gone. I just took my time. <laughs> I'm so one of the things I'm trying to do and is to really get good at noticing certain flavors or certain scents when you smell it and then when you taste it. It's it's really hard to know what you're smelling unless somebody tells you this is what it smells like. Well, it's so unique. Like the the odd thing that as this is going to sound like freaking stupid and weird, but like as a chef, like the weird part that I learned over the, over the years is, you know, you can smell things and then you taste things. But if you were to like take the smell factor, like plug your nose, it you can't taste much. Yeah. So there's so like, it's so weird that there's like this, like there might not be the same, right? Like you'll smell a thing and then taste it and it's totally different. But the odds, the odd part is that they're like, Cannot exist without each other when you taste. Well, what I'm trying but, to get to, but I, is, I see what you're saying. I want but, to get to a point where, like you, you see these people who basically will taste something and say it tastes like this story, right? Like this, I, they tell a story mm-hmm. about right. what it tastes like, and that's just a goal of mine is well, to get to the point where I can do that. Well, that's the thing. Do I? I want, I think I mentioned this a long time ago. The analogy thing I brought up went on a tangent about it. Don't 
copy what they say. Oh, no, I'm copy not. Copy how they come up with the process. I, that, what that makes so sense? I'm like, don't like, trust your own instincts and your own palate and flavors because you, me, and him may not have the same thought, but it doesn't mean you're wrong about yours because oh, your no. tongue's not mine and his. So, so like, there's... They always do that. Like, oh, I taste this thing. You're like, well, I guess I taste that every time I taste rye now. That's what this guy said to <laughs> no, do. No, there's these guys, and I just y'all decided. probably really like them. Um, they started their own distillery, and they were like the first crowdfunded distillery that ex- cool. that was made. And they're nice. in they're in uh, they're in Texas, but they're really cool guys that will taste things, and they'll just start spouting off what they smell, what they taste. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're feeling, and so it's really interesting to get their viewpoints. One of them is like um, he's gone through other courses. I don't know what it's called for like bourbons or whiskeys, but like for um, it's like a wine. What are they called? The it's like a sommeliers. Sommeliers, yeah. So remember, for, we went over this. I was like, is it a whiskey? A is that what's called? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what it is. <laughs> Your Eight? He's one of those, so he's very good with it. So <laughs> it's figuring out, and a lot of it comes just with time and exposure and knowing it. But um, it's just how can you take the time to smell and understand what you're smelling and yeah. be able to vocalize that, yeah, and do the same with tasting. And that's what Paul and I like. Or boring, yeah. That's what Paul and I like to do a lot too, because. We are chefs, and yeah. I'm a pastry chef, and you're a savory chef. Yeah, you know, so who likes pastries? So everybody <laughs> likes both. Um, <laughs> but it's also interesting to I'm see neither. how our palates are different because yeah. I had an entire day of a class where I had to go in and taste and smell every single spice that we were using in recipes right. and try and label them afterwards. Like, yeah. just from the smell and the taste. Yeah. And so, by doing that, you know... It's hard as hell. Sometimes. It's super hard. Especially when you get into, like, allspice and star spice and then Chinese anise. spice. <laughs> or anise. spices. That's how you pick those up. Especially when, like, half of those spice blends, like, Zatar mm-hmm. and shit, it just says salt and spices. And you're like, yeah. son of a bitch, it's tell like, me the secrets. It's all of it. <laughs> I see sesame seeds and shit in here. What else is in this motherfucker? <laughs> but that makes it, you know, what you're trying to do making it into a story like we like to just find all the flavors like i think yeah. it's cool that you're wanting to take it into like it's wanting me to taste this first and then this second and then this and this together and then this circling into the center like the flavor wheel of flaviar yeah and yeah well because i'm past the point of trying to become a chef in my life so yeah but this i is, think this it's interesting and worthy of noting that uh, you've come well, a long way since uh, episode two. You're like, want to learn about bourbon? Fucking Google it, bitches. <laughs> and now you're like trying to learn how to educate yourself what and, I, and our listeners. I think What that's cool. I'm saying really is, <laughs> I, the whole gist of this is, and if you're listening and you're new to bourbons or whiskeys, it's all about taking your time. Especially with something yeah. like this, like with a Whistlepig 10-year ten, ten rye. Take your time with it. Don't just drink it and swallow it let it yeah, sit don't in your just mouth drink like, it let and it breathe it. over your tongue yeah use it as a mouthwash <laughs> okay not I'm that just, far i just meant <laughs> um but it's your, it's a way analogy. of <laughs> tasting the complexities of different whiskeys or bourbons just by being patient taking your time take a sip and like sit there for a little while yeah. and just yeah, let your mouth feel a specific way. And it's okay to disagree. Like we've had times where we tasted things that 
I tasted it totally different than you guys did. Yeah, like when it's an orange beer and Paul and I taste like freaking tang and And it's like i don't taste anything yeah to like his like perfect like settle to the very last sip and then i go oh and then i go last sip time out time out i am i got it now i got it now i admitted it yeah i was wrong hey (laughs) but okay that's how i feel about uh i was right about my spidey in the trailer i was right about my specific turning around and i was like nope nope he definitely got fucking dome kicked you're right yeah I but I right, really just want to see three spice. I was, with the beer, I was right <laughs> well, about my specific flavor. Three spice. <laughs> or three somethings. We're going to get through this conversation now, I bet. No, I'm going to keep Sorry, wait, what are you saying? When we were talking about the beer, I was right about my beer. My beer was tasting differently than yours. And then I tasted, like, at that final two sips, right. I got the same flavor as you. I don't know. See, here's, here's my problem. And I'm going to bring up a very controversial topic. Whoa. You're saying it was your beer. However, Paul and I agreed on the beer. We agreed on Hulk. Mm-hmm. We agreed on the Spider-Man suit. It's true. So it's true. I don't know if it's so much like your beer as in... Just my brain. Yeah. It's my brain. Your brain. <laughs> yeah. I think it might be the brain. Piece. It must be my brain. I have a wire loose. <laughs> Just one, though. It's this, one deaf, it's this Look, deaf left ear. I couldn't, I I couldn't resist <laughs> jumping in when I had the open door. Well, played. and just going at it. <laughs> yep, yep. With that being said, talking about things we don't like. Oh, Segway Town. <laughs> Ooh, Contown. Captain Segway right next to us. Before Contown, though, like Whistlepig uh, tenure. I've graduated from Captain, you know what, to Captain Segway. <laughs> Captain Segway. But before all that, just Whistlepig. You gotta say penis. You didn't say penis. Whistlepig tenure. <laughs> definitely give it a try because it is its. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's don't, its own level. I don't, it's its own thing. That's a good point. I don't want to to. If you heard what we were saying earlier, I don't, I didn't want to make it sound like it was one note fucking bullshit. I think it's good. I just don't think it's. Um, like we were saying, it's distinct. That's a good thing, right? Like, yeah, it oh, tastes yeah. like just. And the closest thing we got, which is, it's pretty impressive that it doesn't taste like the fucking thirty other bourbons we've been drinking. You know, it's yeah. got its own. It tastes like maybe one, and maybe only because it's a rye. You know, that's the only reason my brain went there. But I, I do like. Uh, it does have a lot of cool things going on, but it's not as it's not as like intricate and and like. I feel like maybe like some of the other ones, like the barrels or something, you'll feel all the things you're, we're hitting will hit almost the, like the same strength of punch each time I hit that extra flavor. Yeah. Whereas this one's like one smack up here, this one, and then the other stuff's there, but it's just not like yeah. prominent. You know? Yeah. But it's... Right. doesn't make it bad. It's good. What I love about this, and, and really it comes with some more aged alcohols, is just it's, it is an experience. True. And if you're listening and you look up how much Whistle Big Tenure costs, it is on the higher price point. However, and maybe this is just me because I'm into this, but I view whiskeys like this as kind of an investment. You're, it's just like going on a roller coaster. You're having an experience. Yeah. And you're, you pay money to go into Six Flags, to go on a roller coaster. It lasts you know, for This is a definitely and a half. one that will chill on your thing. You'll like it a bunch of different times because you're not going to chug it. Yeah. You're going to enjoy it. But it is something that it's expensive. It's worth it because you're going to come back to this once every six months yeah. and have an experience while drinking this. It's yeah. a great experience. Yeah. Do it with friends. 
Drink it with friends. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> Thank you for rephrasing that. I got All right, cons. <laughs> Thank I you, like, Captain I liked Segway. Your, I like your other Segway better. Get away from <laughs> the record. Possible. <laughs> Speaking of Segways, do your friend. I mean, damn it. <laughs> All right, guys, just move on. Let's Speaking move on. of doing friends, <laughs> this movie. Son of a Good bitch. Lord. All right, Contown. <laughs> Baba Yaga, sleeping uh, <laughs> Paul, do you have a lot of cons? Or? I don't have a lot of cons. I have like five. Maybe. You have five? Five where I wrote down and probably some more. Before I wrote down, sorry. I've got a few. Uh, I know Ryan said he has. He's like, I got like two, and then I was just like, Paul Red's awesome. Mine are like kind of superficial, but annoyingly always my thing when I watch these films. Ugh. These four specifically are things I think of every single fucking time I've seen this movie, including the first time. All right. Well, I'll go first, because I mean, we always do cons the same way. That's just how so we roll. Why, why break it up? Uh, so... I thought it was going to be like, I'm good. <laughs> no. And um, I passed. I really only have two. One of them, it wouldn't be me if it wasn't a CG icon. Right. Every time I watch the scene when they go to the school and they do Little Scott, it mm-hmm. always, it just doesn't look great. It always, it, it looks like it's clearly just being scaled in post, and I just don't it, like it that I don't much. think it even is. I think it's practical. Because if you see some of the gag reel, it shows him in a giant hoodie and on like larger chairs and stuff, like larger stuff. Like So I think they film it. I want to but say they, they still have it. to stitch it together with right. CGI. It, so, I, but I feel like it's. I, I think what 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 I'm no, saying and what you're saying are kind of the same, but it's more like I feel like they try to do some of the Lord of the Rings shit and they didn't pull it off as well. No, well, no. What I'm saying is, it clearly looks like it doesn't look like they're taking Scott and just putting him on a CGI body. It looks like they're taking him, shrinking him down, putting him in the scene and in the frame. And it just doesn't work well. In Lord of the Rings, they do practical effects just with the camera. They do forced wear, perspective. Forced perspective. I think that's what they're trying to do. They with were these trying to, but and they're using well. more computer generated to where it looks like they just yeah put them there. And it's I mean, it's in the it's, in the scenes that I saw, there was like the the background CGI, but some of the 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 uh, like objects and stuff around him are practical. Yeah, they're just larger scale. It. There's just, it's that scene, or it's that part in the movie where you can just see some aspects that just don't look great. Right. But that's just me it's being not seamless. with CGI. not seamless. Um, yeah. But one of the CGI scenes I do love is when they're shrinking the car down, especially in the, one of the final chases. Uh, and they're going down the little, um, the little curvy road in San Diego. In the bricks, yeah. you mean the the same shot they use in every single thing every, that, to make sure you lead. know they're in San Francisco. Yeah, the yes. San Francisco windy so road. Annoying. By the but, way, um, here we are. Yeah, all of that, that, that was the Shang Chi went down that same road. <laughs> yeah, okay. that scene really love it. Looks great. It's fun. But the other con I have, and this is kind of a bigger overarching theme, is really the drives of the characters. For the movie. If you look at uh, both sides. So there's almost... I mean, you look at the heroes as Scott, Hank, and Hope. And what are they working towards? And then you have Ghost. And what is she working towards? If you break it down, 
the the three heroes air quotes are working to find their lost the lost mom and then if you look at ghost and her side she's looking to rid herself of this condition yeah and that just doesn't strike me as a very strong basis for what they're doing in this movie like yeah you're destroying a lot of this stuff you're going through all these hoops you're fighting the fbi for these reasons and it just doesn't i don't feel like it has much weight the third angle is birch's character trying to steal all the tech yes that's it for his own purposes yeah so it's just i don't feel like it's very strong of it i mean if you look at the other ones there's a lot of movies it's somebody is trying to do some serious damage to a a large group of something yeah to where i mean look at black widow all of the widows are assassins and can kill literally anybody at topple topple governments topple governments at any moment yeah um and it's just i can't get past that and that's why i love this movie it's a fun movie but it's always one of those that I don't feel like I have to watch if I want to get the Marvel experience because there's not much of a when it comes to plot, there's no real Marvel implications to the I, plot. I hung out with my friend Michael that called in for the Civil War episode. He was in town recently and um oh, I man. told him we were doing it man the wasp and he was like, oh, I'm leaving before you guys are recording. I was like, well, you know, let's just talk about it. And he was like, he's like, I just, I could skip it. He's like, kind of puts it into a tier four. That's what my buddy Sean said, yeah. And he's like, it's just because I'm like, oh, like, it's all about like, let's go get Janet. Let's go get Janet. Let's go get Janet. Mom, 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 jelly bean, peanut. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. Wow. And he was like, well, I want a cold bastard, this guy. Well, like, he, he, was saying that, he was saying that. And I was like, I get it. You're saying that the stakes aren't very high. He's like, right. yeah. He goes, and then they waste Lawrence Fishburne. He's like, you have Morpheus in here. He's like, and then he's just like a scientist that's a, a little bit butthurt by Hank Pym. Yeah, and, he's a butthurt whiny you know, dude. And he's kind of whiny and it's just not that great. And I was like, okay, I can see where you would put that. Like, why you would put this into more of a tier four-ish type of film. And I was like, but it's really fun, right? He was like, yeah, it's so yeah. Paul Rudd, so I still enjoy it. Yeah. And I was like, so it's a three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you want to like, take, mm. take it and compare it to, which I don't think this is fair, but if you compare it to my favorite, um, I mean, air quotes, solo movie in Ragnarok, it's, I mean, the implications of that movie are huge. They're fighting for... A freaking planet. Asgard. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this is, I'm fighting for my mom to find her. She, I might, her. she might be there. She might be there. I haven't seen her in 30 years or 20 to 30 years. Yeah. So I don't know if she's there, but I might find her. When you're like, it's also Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay, well, I'm back I mean, in. I'm I back it's, in. It's not so much mom as it is Hank's wife. Hank, Hank, the guilt Hank's lived with. He's a crack, crotchety prick yeah. because he's lost her 30 years ago. And like, he feels responsible because his shit failed and her shit didn't. And she went in and he fucking got stuck raising a daughter by himself and didn't know what the fuck to do and has become a douchebag over years. But, like, I do get that. Like, it's 
It's like either we get mom or my Advil doesn't work and I got to kill your mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's pretty much it and it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, to where like she's like, uh, to piggyback on yours, not to like switch it to my cons, but just wanted to piggyback on that one. Yeah. I don't like the pendulum swinging between if she's, if she's in so much fucking pain constant fucking tearing my cells apart regenerating pain that she's willing to murder a person she's never met that may or may not be in a quantum realm and they don't even know it uh she's so gung-ho about it to stop her pain even though no one knows that that's even a thing you can do and it's all theoretical but, but conversely she's fighting so smooth and seamlessly and well and accurately and intelligently and she's getting through these fight scenes as if she's not having any pain. Yeah. If you're in that much chronic pain, you're fucking bedridden and you can't fucking move. Yeah. I have like family if members that painful, fucking... If it's that just chill in your Like little, I know people that have rheumatoid arthritis and fucking room. like yeah. migraines that are sort of building. You yeah. can't breathe and get out of a bed. That's how she's describing her pain where she's got to go and lay down and get hit with fucking quantum juice. And that's the thing. Like she's like, but I can't get out once in a while and beat the shit out of people and try to steal shit and face through walls. So it's like you're either in pain or you're not, and you've been a freaking assassin for most of your life. Yeah, uh, I may not be in that much pain. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, that part annoys me. I agree. Well, that wasn't even on my con list. It was in my head as yeah. one of the ones I didn't write down yet. But those are my <laughs> quantum pain. I say two cons. Really, the big con with this movie is just. Like I said, I don't have... There's not much of a Marvel draw to it because there's not any huge implications that could have impact on the universe. Right. Yes, it does introduce or does expand upon the quantum realm a little bit. And it does... Really, the one thing it does is it shows where Scott Lang is when the blip happens. Well, it does... To me, it does multiple. It gives you where Scott is. It also gives you how do they what what processes or what what source do they use to solve the riddle of the snap and then or the blip? Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, also that's what I said. it also like opens the door for the quantum realm to be in other directions. As in, holy shit, this parallels to what we saw with with yeah, strange. no, that, so it's connected in like it, these it, like threads. They're not huge hallways. For yeah. sure. But, huge but when you think chains, of but, if you think of this movie without Endgame, but now that I've they, seen it multiple times, I do I need to re-see it again every time to no, get that context? Not really. When I think of what did it introduce prior to Endgame coming out, those are the real things that really two, two minor avenues. Yeah, introduced it. It it like I said, it expanded a little bit on the quantum realm, showing that there's probably more there that we don't know. But I think it, anything it didn't answer questions; it gave me more fucking questions. Yeah, really. It gave us Jimmy Woo also. So. It did give yeah. us Jimmy Woo and close up magic. Close up magic. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you do it? <laughs> Why did you do that? The cards. <laughs> it's like seriously. <laughs> Just get out of my house. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. all. That's all I got. Good cons. Good cons. Yeah. Oh, my hips. Way better than mine. I say that every time, and then Paul's like, great con, Wit. I'm like, thanks. A plus. 
Um, <laughs> he, he like has low self-esteem with his cons on purpose just to get the redeem, redemption of doing a good yeah. con. He knows they're good. <laughs> I fucking know. Well, he, knows, he knows they're good cons. He I thought of the re- the recurring con that we had with the tank on Ant-Man 1 where it's like, shouldn't that thing still be heavy? Right, <laughs> like, right. Like right. a that whole box over. of cars. That carries <laughs> like, over, yeah. How many tons of cars like does he have in that hot wheels box yeah and um the the lab i'm like so you can turn it into a traveling briefcase suitcase but nothing gets jostled like when you're carrying it around and throwing it through the city like i i guess you it's the suspension of disbelief where it's like everything's clearly been anchored down in some way, but it's like that keyboard, like the monitors, like yeah, you know, something broke outside. Like leading into it, looks like such shit because they kept trying to redecorate and then it kept falling apart anyway. So like, ah, fuck it. Leave it. <laughs> it's like we're gonna make leave it the look trash whole entrance. We're gonna make it look gross so that nobody tries to break in. Right. It's like I just every even the first watch, I was like, they're throwing a building around, and then by the time they get back, like even the paper on the tables is right. still there. Like, right. yeah. Uh, Something tells me that your quantum tunnel would have been damaged, you know, just, every single time that bit. you, even when you pull the handle out and angle it to go pull it behind you to go put it in the car. It's Those like, ants would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> the ants must be the ones holding it there. They're like, we got it. They're like a oh, guy. Small now. We the ants. The ants are like a guy driving down the highway with a mattress on top of the car. Just holding it. <laughs> They'll like have a hand out like. I got it. Right. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. Right. Um, uh, one of my cons that I actually think is more of a pro is that the family... Whoa, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is con I know. Not it, pro it takes It takes me out of the movie because I know oh. that in the first movie, <laughs> okay. in the okay. first movie, like, the ex-wife was just always, like, just... Do this, pay this, do that. Like, if you want to see your kid, just pay me my money. And it's like, and then such a quick heel turn. She didn't say that. She she said, get she an says, apartment and get a page. Yeah, she said, yeah, get an apartment. But she get was a cool job. about it. We talked about the idea that it wasn't. Uh, she wasn't such a a bitch about it, you know. Well, no, but she still was withholding, like telling him they couldn't be there, and like. And then, and this one, it's almost like up. Yeah. it's almost like they're just like a family of three parents now, and yeah. it's she's like defending him on every turn, like yeah, just because. He went home at the end. First it's, one. it's like he he is under house arrest, like, and I think it's it just pulls me out of it just a little bit because I'm like, okay, like in the first movie, you were like, you're a criminal, you're a criminal, you're a criminal, and then you made sure that we knew that she was not okay with him being a criminal. And then this one, it's like, yeah, you were a criminal, but you were like on Cap's team, so I'm cool with it. You're a lovable criminal now. To where her husband was even just hugging him. And her husband was like, yeah, uh, I don't dogs. think you understand. This is Paul Rudd, sexiest man sexiest alive. Man Not then. He didn't know that then. Life. It's going to happen. He's like, it's I mean, going to happen. For, for him, it probably was true then, but not for the rest <laughs> of the world. Officially. I, it was interesting that like I actually liked that dynamic better than the dynamic they had in Ant-Man 1. Like I like that they are co-parenting and all this stuff, but it just it feels so drastically different to me when I see the movie. I mean, I, that it's it kind of takes saying, me out. But I feel like it. I feel like it led into that at the end of Ant Man. When you, if you look at it, the whole film. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it kind of picks up where it left off, where like he redeemed himself and 
and uh, before the Civil War thing, right? That takes place after Ant Man, so you don't know. Yeah, and what's the what's the passage of time between Ant Man and this one? Because it's a pretty big jump in time. Well, it's, it's not like it's it's break of. Uh, Towards the end He's of... He's been under house arrest for two years? Approximately two years after Civil War, which was about... So, I mean, he is still a it's pretty, criminal. Civil War is pretty much right up uh, yeah. on uh, on Civil War's ass or face. I yeah, so for me... It's horrible. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess, like, the timing is... It, it can... Because Ant-Man got introduced... A lot can still happen fresh in, in two years. I feel like fresh in uh, what's his name's mind too. As as a you character. can literally have two kids uh, in the mind. span of two years. Yeah. The battle you have with Falcon was kind of. Um, I, I just feel like the Kansas. only reason that she's okay with him now is because he's he's Ant Man and he was on Team Cap. It's because well, he when saved he grows, her daughter from it's because when he grows murder. really big, he's got a big heart, heart. head, big heart, big heart. Um, let's see, you a big foot. I wrote down, oh, look, another stealthy assassin that keeps getting caught on every single video camera. <laughs> like, they have so much footage of her killing people. Yeah. It's like, she's a ghost. You don't even see it. She's like, except for this video. Except for yeah. this All video. These videos. This video. It's like, nobody can tell who she is because she was wearing a mask. It's like, I mean, that part's true. That's a really fucked up ass. Like, yeah, she looks like an alien. Eventually, somebody's going to figure that's out. That's another thing that's very strange to me is the mask doesn't make any sense. Right, like what, like why that specific, like the weird eyes. It looks like a, like it's maybe it's night vision or something or whatever. But why, quantum vision? It's not though. <laughs> Doesn't need that shit. Takes um, it off. She sees normally. <laughs> <laughs> My other one that goes along with that is, why did the explosion kill her parents but give her powers? Like why wasn't it like all three Marvel. of them get like quantum displacement or? Gene. Yeah, is she a mutant? I mean, the same reason why Gamma didn't fucking murder Hulk, right? Banner. Like, she may have had a, a latent gene that she absorbed the energy instead of getting murdered by it, you know? Quantum-wise. Well, you know... I mean, Captain ex- Marvel... Explosions are like, you're a kid, we're not gonna... You know, Captain Marvel? Right. Like, every one of them almost has an origin from an explosion of radiation of some kind that would kill humans, but not these special non-human peoples. Yeah. But I'm like, it's your, I mean, your parents are there. Like, it's. Like, if you got bit by a spider full of radioactivity, you wouldn't get spider powers. You'd die of radiation poisoning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and then you you make make amazing Spider Man and you're like, we're going to try and fix that. Um, (laughs) It's a bio thing that uses your blood, kind of. You good? You good. Right. It's a, it's basically just a blood donor from a spider. It's yeah. like it's like yeah, the transfusion worked, and now you're alive instead of dying of radiation poisoning. Yeah, exactly. Um, and my last con, it it bothers me every single time, but ultimately I'm always okay with it at the end of the day. Why, <laughs> like why why does Janet age? properly in the quantum realm like she's clearly been stuck there for 30 years she's aged roughly 30 years and then it it's the exact opposite for scott because when he gets in there paul rod's the answer well he goes in there and they're like it was five years it was five hours for me so like if it was He's the 30 years sexiest man alive it should yeah it but should he's paul rudd been, 
Should have only been it like a poor day casting, for her. Yeah, like that's the thing. Michelle Pfeiffer did age yeah, thirty no, years. Yeah, no. To your point, when you say it should have felt looking, like well, looking at Endgame, thirty if five hours years feels like five hours, thirty hours is literally a day and a half. Yeah, less than a day and a half. You're like thirty years, it's five times. So it's thirty hours. Like yeah, it's like she should be aging like rapidly. But over like, a day. Like, she should be coming back and still look exactly like she did when she went in there. Right. Or is it because she's been messing with the quantum realm for that long? That... Or the specific location of where she is within the layers. Yeah, I need I need more answers. Like, she has where, the one throwaway if, line. If you look in... at where Scott is, he's not standing on a ground space. He's floating. That's the only thing that makes me heads... Make, gives me, like, some sort of, like, all right, he's in a different... Like so, it's layer like in, of uh, the quantum realm than so she like was. in Interstellar. Like if you're in the atmosphere of that planet with the extra gravity, that one's closer to a black hole. And then you come down to the time. planet, and All then those the ticks, time is one and a half second ticks were a day on Earth because it was close to a black hole, changing gravity and time. Yeah. So on that logic, she should still be young. <laughs> right. I'm not saying that she should be. I still disagree with the way they age her. I don't think 30 years is 30 years evenly. I think it should be shorter. Yeah. It does confuse me. I just think that her versus like Scott Lang is he's clearly floating in a different area, just getting this energy and getting the fuck out rather than going to where she was stuck for however long. I mean, she did also come back with superpowers. Yeah. And she knew exactly how to use them. Maybe that wore her down right away. I'm going to touch her head. That's a, well, that's also a crazy thing. How did you know you could do that? How did you know you could just touch somebody's head when you've been in this thing for 30 years? With no one else. And also with nobody else but these little... I mean, you were way past these little bug monsters already. I have so many questions. Like, what have you been eating? Like, she talks about... She doesn't Where did you get your little sword? She she says... uh, Her sword is The tardigrades are cute, but they will eat you. Like, who else has she seen get eaten by a tardigrade? You know, like, there's more to her story than beats the eye. There's so many, so many questions. She also is like, when she's fixing... When she's... But the first one is, why is she not just Michelle Pfeiffer (laughs) de-aged? Like... Still, the other one. Like, I don't know. Like... Too much money? Well, she does reference to, like, to, to opposite Too that point, to counter it, right? Like, if it was based on the same logic as what Scott says, five years is five hours for me, it would feel like a day and a half for her. Except the fact that when <clears> she's channeling herself through Scott and he's typing in the algorithm, I had a lot of time to think about this. It's like, did you, though? Like, Has it been a couple know? hours? Has it been minutes? Like, they just made this shit up, like, a couple weeks, like, in a couple years... But, like, how do you know what algorithm to type where on which computer? There's two different computers. <laughs> She's yeah. using, like, it's, they're not on the schematic that he built years the, ago. The initial con is just the aging, but it opens up a wormhole of, like, 18,000 yeah, questions. that thread, it's like a Weezer song. Which you know? I feel like with Quantumania, they're probably going to somehow try and patch that. that up. I think that yeah. they know that that is a con. They know that that is one of those things that's like... I mean, fans have fucking talked about it relentlessly. I mean, people have mentioned the idea of their aging and they don't line up. Every time that that they bring a thing up and they bring another thing up and then there's a difference. Like, for example, there's a kid that looks wearing an Iron Man mask. Oh, that's Spider-Man. And then they're like, 
The timeline that you said, though, doesn't line up. Oh, fuck, we got to fix that shit. <laughs> uh, eight years. Yeah, Are you yeah. sure? <laughs> Are you sure it's eight? Yeah, we're going to say it's eight. Simple math. But that's all my cons. I mean, most of them were just me just reaching <clears throat> for a con, but then being like, I kind of like it. I kind of like it as a con. Yeah. <laughs> this is the con and, because it takes me out of the movie into the other movie, but I like it. Yeah, it takes me out of it, but then I just go, I love everything about it. Yeah. <laughs> like Paul Rudd, Michael Pena, yeah. Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Evangelina Jolie. Oh, sorry. What was it? Evangeline Lily? <laughs> What's the name? Can it you fix Evangeline, it for me? Uh, Jolie. Ah, yeah, that's right. Evangeline oh, no. Jolie. Nope. <laughs> Crushed it. But yeah, I just uh, like the is. cast saves this movie for me every time. Yeah. Just like, I love it. It's fun. So I'll be okay with these cons. <laughs> just sweep them under the rug. Nice. <laughs> All right, Bob. My turn. Anchors away. So you mentioned the idea of like the jostling of crap around in the, in the buildings. What about the fucking plumbing? Right? Like there's bathrooms and water lines and shit. Are there? I mean, every there has I never to saw be. anybody use one. First of all, Are Hank's though. Uh, yeah, Hank's fucking house had a fucking toilet in it that they used, and then it just shrinks it down, and then he puts on the edge of a beach that clearly is not near any fucking sewer system or setup, and he's just like, oh, we have a house. I gotta shrink. I have to also grow an outhouse over here now because our shitter doesn't have a fucking ho- a pump to attach to it. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have the uh, ants like burrow that a is hole. for every fucking building. Like you can't just shrink and grow shit without hooking up some fucking plumbing lines, power lines. I mean, I guess the power could be an internal source for them. They probably figured that shit out, but I mean, it's just it's too quick. <laughs> could you shrink some porta potties and bring those too? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. Um, by the way, well, here's the thing: you look at that big building, you do realize like that big, the big area where the tunnel is isn't just like one floor; it's a big it's like, chunk of that building. Yeah, yeah, it's that's the whole lot. reason they picked that building so they could carve out. They put a fascia up front of like, here's what the outside looks like. Yeah, an apartment building or office building, and the rest of it. So is they clearly chose to not put not put bathrooms in there. Oh, they did. They just. How they, do you know? I feel like I feel like they didn't. Nobody they, went to the they bathroom. They out the in part the where when it shrinks, all of the the waste gets shot out the back somehow at the same time. It gets, it's well, all, no. it's all or they just shrink all the poop. It's all to toilets from Home Depot. Or they They're shrink all all the poop. moment <laughs> in a bucket. In no, floor. to your point, there is one moment in the movie where I realize there's a little bit of a challenge is when. At the end, when they shrink the lab down, and Lawrence Fishburne was in the lab, and then it's just automatically not in the lab when it shrinks. It doesn't show him getting out of there. When? At all. The one where he gets on the elevator because can't kicks him out of it, or the other way? Hmm? When he's in it, when he steals it, or? No. At the end, remember when, uh, this is when Hank gets in the little, um, the little quantum vehicle no no he, he and he's surrounded by the ants no no he he goes uh, i'm gonna need you to back up the ants take him on the elevator and he leaves out the elevator that's that's <laughs> the, the quantum sub he kicked him out of the building at that point he's outside of the building before they shrink it before he goes quantum well, doesn't also, show that they shrink it shows the him down the elevator which is no no it doesn't it does why well, I, I yeah i watched it last night i was thinking the same thing because i was like when because he said when you need to step back and i thought oh he just steps back a little I, bit 
But the ants actually put him on the fucking elevator, and he the elevator door closes before he gets even gets in the fucking thing. All right, well, you keep talking. I'm going to look this up because I watched it earlier today and I didn't see that. <laughs> look it again. I watched it last night. Paul, I watched it earlier today. I'm going to look it up. I distinctly remember the elevator door is closing and Lawrence Fishburne being confused and sad. <laughs> and he was like, there is no building. I do think that more things should be smashed and blown up when it grows and shrinks, though. They did it in the... Uh, A little bit, but people scene. are really close and then really not close. Like, I get ghost phasing into it, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's some, people seem a little too close when it grew and drank. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was, I was, I was my cons right now. Right? That's your cons. <laughs> These are my goddamn cons, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> how are flying ants always around the moment Scott just jumps and shrinks? Every time. I know he's got mind control, yeah. but it's not about mind control as is, relevant location to ants be flying ants specifically which aren't as popular as regular ants uh flying ones just to being underneath him when he jumps every they, fucking time they just like must be everywhere times man. in this film where i was like <laughs> like she has wings which also is annoying because he could just give him those he doesn't that's kind of funny because he's like he's like oh uh, wings and uh, what blasters? Like, I guess you didn't have that technology. It's like, oh, I did, but like he doesn't put it on the new suit. Well, and <laughs> or the old, even the old suit spell. had a grapple gun. Yeah, like, he had a grapple gun in the fucking eighties and just took it out of the suit. <laughs> he's like, I don't trust you with this one. It's gonna be like Slipknot and Suicide Despite Squad. The fact that he would be helpful for a fucking cat burglar to have a grapple gun, but uh, either way, uh, I'm just like, yeah. They, uh, they're always just ants. I mean, they took a bunch away at that one scene, but there's just there's locations that like ants, flying ants, just wouldn't be laying around. And despite the fact that he can control them, he's not planning to have them around when he he's like, oh, I gotta jump, shoo, and then shrink, and then I'm on an ant. Like, yeah, they're, they're not following they're him. A little too convenient. He goes. Yeah, but in this movie, Michael Douglas does bring in an entire swarm of them to create the. GPS signals, but he yeah, but then again, that. they so, are all linked. So to they're your all brain. they're all now so, there. So I guess those right. are all the flying ants. Yeah, but those from. are the GPS ants. <laughs> those are the ones that Scott ends up using. Yeah, clearly, clearly. Yeah. Uh, oh, that one scene where they're driving away from. They got they tricked Ghost and they got the lab back, and then they're in the, they're her and uh, fucking Pena are in the van. I said, why doesn't Hope just shrink the van when Birch shows up after they get the lab back instead of turning around? Like, she's like, change of plans. And I'm like, why? You just shrink down. He hasn't seen that happen yet. And you're gone. Like, what? <laughs> like, like, she just turns around and they go on this chase. And I'm like, you could have just gunned it and ditched them. And they would have just been like, what the fuck happened? She'd be like, I sent them on a merry chase. Yeah. I mean, it was more fun that way, the way it happened. I get that. The mo- so this is another one as if there's a pitch meeting, you'd be like, so the movie can happen, you know? But it's a, t- yeah. it's, or, it's a quick... Or he just goes, I don't know. I don't know. Get all the way off my back about it. But yeah. Um, also, so this is the one that I put a pin in from earlier about the, the stinger. The first movie, he goes into the quantum realm and back out with a click of the button of his suit. Because it's regular. Because he puts the enlarging disc onto his regular. Correct. At the Why end, didn't he take one stinger, with him? He, he needs the quantum tunnel. They need a special fucking quantum tunnel with special shit and all kinds of stuff. The whole movie's plot is based on the fact that they can't get 
back into the quantum realm without all this fancy shit and tech that they need. Despite the fact that he didn't fucking need that to begin with the first time. And neither did Hope when she got in there to begin with. Janet. And her regulator... I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. Wasp. Original Wasp. But uh, she... Hers also wasn't broken. And why wouldn't she have thought of that trick too? There's like a lot of questions that I'm like, there's too many easy way out to this. Well, and he also, he should have thought of that the first time. When he went into the quantum tunnel, you would think he'd already be like, I'm going to have the enlarging chip with me just in case something happens to get out of here. But instead, he's trapped for five years because they blipped away and they couldn't press the return button. Very con- I mean, very it's simple. For the, like, for Janet, did they even have those enlarging discs at that time? Because, again, this is 30 years ago with her. It's true. It's the same suit. The same tech, though. He put it at rest 30 years no, ago. No, well, the same suit, but how... Like, didn't, when didn't, were those discs created? I mean, they were the same... He didn't upgrade that suit until the the, the movie that he's using that's malfunctioning. No, I agree. I'm just saying those years. little discs... Yeah, he's talking about the blue He had discs. those... He's talking about the little the, blue discs. I know. That, the enlarging discs. Like, there was no hint for Scott in the beginning existing. that those existed when, they, when the original suits were made. Well, what I'm trying to say... My, my point is... The suit that Scott uses is the original suit, so the, all the original tech is still existing. The only thing he's working on at that point that they should that he upgraded that wasn't already existing tech was at the end the the upgraded wasp suit. But the in the original movie he's got the discs and shit, but it I don't it doesn't show them using it per se in the old footage. What you're saying, but I don't think it's new tech that he just created. It doesn't show them working on it. But I don't think you can. I mean, if you're looking at that, it's easy to say, I mean, it's very simple. There's no evidence that those existed prior to Scott having them. There's also... Right, but Scott used them in the first film. Well, he didn't use it in the quantum which, tunnel. Well, there's which also, means they could have been created in between 30 years no, no, from no. when what she went away. What my problem is the stinger. Scott goes into the quantum realm. The whole movie that currently exists, this movie we're talking about, exists post... The Post. first film, where Scott went in and out of the quantum realm, and that's what encouraged them to even research the idea that she exists and they could probably get her back. That Scott got the fuck out on his own without any outside so think, help. But now he's stuck for five years relying on outside help until a rat gets him out of it in Endgame. So I think that... The- yeah, but, but how is... I'm, I'm, I think I'm questioning how that's a con with this movie if... We don't know that until know what. So I think the what idea I'm trying, that he's stuck for five years. So I, I think that it's a he, con for me in the re-watch. first movie. In the first movie, he has the enlarging chips when he goes in, and he gets he got lucky. Basically, is what is what Hank Pym says in the beginning of this movie. He's like somehow that worked and it got him out. It was a very lucky thing, which allows him to then start researching and experimenting and trying to figure out ways to get back in and out of the quantum realm. Right. And he, as a scientist, doesn't have enough... Like, when he created those enlarging chips, he did not have enough scientific um, analysis to be like, 
I can guarantee that if I get to the quantum realm, I can get out because of these enlarged chips. Despite the fact that since he that had, film, he has a fucking clicker that works. He had uni- a universal remote for buildings and cars. Right, but he had he had to throw the luck factor in to get out of the quantum realm. It's like Inception going down into limbo. It's like by the time you get down into limbo, it's like. How do you get out? Like I mean, you have to. It seem like luck. It well, no, like it I worked s- based on logic. I see. I see what you're that. saying. That's the enlarging chip, and it worked. I put it in my fucking regulator, and I got the fuck out. Did, did he try it again? I would at least have that as a backup. Is what I'm saying. Well, but here's here's my here's my argument with that. I understand exactly what you're saying. I just don't see how it ties into this movie we're talking about. Because if I were no- Scott, I'd have already gone. Hey, I'm going to bring some of these chips in case. The fucking computer in the tunnel oh, no. doesn't work. I have a backup plan. Here's what I'm saying. I totally get... I totally understand what you're saying, and I right. agree 100%. I don't see how it relates to this movie. Because Why not? the only the only thing we see is in this movie is he goes into the quantum realm. They disappear. That's it. There's There's... Not a five-year gap in between when he's in there. In right, this I know movie. what you're saying is, but I this is a rewatch. This isn't the first impression. No, 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 I get it. I'm just saying this. I I could see that being a con for Endgame, but for this, it's like there's not that gap to where there's even that knowledge happening in this movie. In this movie, he went down there with a team on the other side, and he doesn't... I mean, yes, five hours is still a long time to be stuck down there during an experiment, but... That's like... What I'm trying to get at is, that's like me saying, if... It's like conning the fact that the van is now in an impound lot. No, that's not the same for me. I mean, I, he goes I mean, down. Kind of is. No, it's because he's. My thing is, he doesn't go there with a backup plan, and it ends with us not knowing what happens to him. But he doesn't use that backup plan in the next film, so therefore, it is the same con. It's the same situation for me. Yeah. Versus I, the van being the way he gets back is even doubling down on that idea that they didn't prepare for the van to malfunction or them to not have the system work or whatever. I understand. I understand what you're saying. You're like, he's been to the quantum realm, got stuck there, used the enlarging disc to get out. It worked. And the way that I'm trying to explain my defense of it is that that was, again, Hank was like, you were very lucky, like very, very lucky that it sent you back to the same time, place, destination you know i'm now making this tunnel so that i can help control it so that when you do enlarge you for sure come back to 2018 well but but so even even to that i think that they thought that they had the right amount of things in place to bring him back and then they both all got blipped well with that being said yeah well if you i mean put the blip again again i don't i this is, it's kind of like in between two movies, not really mm-hmm. this movie or another movie. It's kind of in between. But my argument to that would be his first time going there, he was able to get back with using one of those chips. They went back again using the technology they created. So now that on the outside, he has a team using that technology that they created to go back to the quantum realm the second time. I also think it should be in the suit 
based on like I don't know why he's going into a car situation and everything else like the like using the pod and all this bullshit like he made an upgraded suit so he can ride in the pod but like the idea that Scott came in and out with the same suit and he's fine why didn't he upgrade his belt shit to have a return from the from that area functionality well, too well the sec the suit in this movie they also hinted at multiple times that it wasn't a Progress. complete thing right because well, he stopped working up multiple times well, that's what i'm confused about too is like how is that the work in progress because he's focused on the tunnel but that's it seems an odd thing where he's like oh scott got in and out this is how he got in and out with the fucking suit by itself so maybe i'll dust off some old plans from some shit that didn't work 30 years ago maybe and put all my money and effort into thousands hundred thousand dollars into that big ass thing and get an apartment mm-hmm. and on shit versus i could just fix the belt thing with the enlargement chip as a as a starting point for my research. You know what I'm saying? Like you're saying he got lucky, but it worked, right? With Scott. He proved that it worked. That's the reason he started thinking about it to begin with. Well, I mean, well, it's, it's the same, this proving, whole different it's the roundabout same way to get there when it could have been a you, shortcut of the to thing. To prove that, they did. that it works, you have to do it multiple times. Right. Yes, they, don't, it they, establish, once. they don't they don't say that they did it any other times after that. Right, but it's the same thing with you get to end game and they think that they have it figured out because they have this analysis of he went in, he came out, he time works differently, and then they bring him out and and in an end. They use the tunnel to begin with multiple times, and he just ages and comes back old and young and baby. Well, yeah, but like it's one of those things where it's like you're risking trial and error on a human being and this and the other. So it's like I I think for me to again just. If, if it's just me looking at it, I'm going, as a scientist, you want to have the trial and error and you want the but experimentation. But they don't, though, right? There's and, no trial and error because this movie is hinged upon the fact that there's a component that they don't have yet to get the tunnel to work. The first time anyone does a dive, it's supposed to be Hope. She can't. She doesn't end up doing it and ends up being Hank. He's going on... I don't even. That's the part too. It's a shit ton of context and zero experience. Well, and I think that happening. the reason that it ends up being Hank is because he's like, if I do get stuck there, I'm okay with that because well, like you guys, I've lived my life. The, I've lived my life. I've lost my wife. I've you know, I've rekindled my relationship well, said, with my daughter. It only works if the both of you are on the outside defending the tunnel in the movie. Yeah, that's why he chooses to go. He's got to be me diving. And but let me get her. ultimately, he's. He's okay with not coming back right. if he gets stuck. I get stuck. it. The subtext, he's not risking her. But that's still the first time they've done it. It's not trial and error. Yeah, so then when he does come back, that makes it two out of three times that somebody went there and came back. So they have more analysis. They have more experimentational data. And now well, they are starting the to have... the end is when they're starting to do the experiment. And then at the end, yeah. they're trying to do a full-on experiment. And they have based it off of those the 60% success rate of coming back. Yeah, but then they shrink it to a van and get rid of the pod and just use the suit again. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... It is that's a the part stinger. that's also it's confusing different. because he's control Like, both Hank, uh, Scott in the first film and uh, Hank in the second is, in, is controlled from them in the source, right? So, like, Scott puts the... the Chip in his belt and returns back to full size. Hank is in the little pod. They get back inside. He pulls a lever and it, it regrows back into full size. In this case, they pull a, hit a switch. He gets sucked in and he's waiting for them to return him by hitting a switch on the other end. 
That's the part that's weird. Like, why didn't they give him a button? Why didn't to... let him still maintain control within the suit to return? That's my entire argument for this. This why it's a con for me is because they they went from it worked with the suit. He did it himself without any outside control. How are they even controlling the quantum realm version of Scott without anything but a suit? remotely our radio waves working how do they even know that's going to be a thing that works like yeah you know like there's a lot of what ifs that weren't something they learned from hank's experiment okay there's no data gathered because they're no, all I, fighting and driving around and shit all the time no, i get I, what you're I, saying I get it. but i get it my view is that they're probably trying to create a consistent thing of course the they're, they're scientists what we're trying to say is there's data analysis and by experimental no, repetition. They're trying I, to do that. I get it. At the end of the film, they haven't been able to do that. Even the one we see in the end of the film is the first attempt. Yeah. And then he gets they get blipped and he gets stuck. <laughs> so every time we've seen it, it's been the first attempt of the thing. But I feel it's weird that they've, as scientists, you would repeat an experiment Many times. Well, you know, so you Tony think Stark, his first attempt. Tony Stark can do something on the first try and get it right every time. So oh, maybe, they just, all, Tony Stark. maybe they well, just all think they're Tony Stark here, and that they can do it all. Well, right Hank's not time. that far off of Tony. Hold He's on. an arrogant douchebag, too. He's Hold like, on, you know, I want to do a one-off and be done with it. Fuck it. One of the thoughts I have, just to speak to that, I mean, granted, if we're looking at other movies, because we are, in Endgame, they do multiple experience where... They're sending Scott through it and pulling right. him back. That's finally them going through it many times, experimenting and so it's just results I, and data. I, I call it a win. <laughs> well, and the way they get there is probably because Scott is saying, this is what we were trying to do. Yeah. And and that's why I'm... Right. I don't why, have a problem guess, with it because I have it's a problem all about hypothesis experiment after wrong. his epiphany and the phone call is... Let's build a fucking pod and a big ass tunnel and all this other shit. When Scott didn't do any of that shit, he didn't need to do any of that shit. But I think what his plan is to pinpoint her rather than randomly go into the quantum massive quantum realm and get lost. I get that, but the fact that he didn't experiment with the suit first in the pods, he created a whole other suit and a whole pod system. It is very strange. Well, and then they get I the mean- one-off trial. And then after that one-off trial went, then they shrank the tunnel down and went with just suit again, no vehicle. And I was also like, oh, okay, that's another whole other experiment. That's like, your experiment worked. It was a success in a way. Let's not repeat it. Let's do the whole brand new version of it without collecting more data. Maybe they did and they just changed plans. I don't really know. They skip over the whole context, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But at the end of the day... It's still odd for me because you don't see any of that information. It's very strange. At the end of the day... It's like sending somebody to space and you have Houston down there ready to help bring the astronauts back yeah. with anything they can. And then you get into space and then all of Houston gets blipped away. And now right. you have to just like manually stick it and hope that you make it back in. Right. That's That happened many times. I mean, in fact, that happened when they went around the fucking moon. Like there was like the whole timeline was like a day basically where they were like, I... You have no contact with the Earth, and I hope we fucking get it back. <laughs> On the other hand, like but, they were strapped to fucking missiles. They replaced the warhead with a capsule and people in it. And we're like, they didn't have bathrooms in that shit either. Like strapped into baggies. It was, that was a that was a mess. That was a that was like a lot of that's, fucking. Ball that's what moves. I'm saying. It's something like that. It's like you send you send somebody into space, mm-hmm. and the variables are still like 
You might not come back. Oh, the you send them into the quantum so realm. Huge. Yeah. You might not come back. There is, of course, there potentially can be a scenario where the luck factor has to come in. Right. Well, know? that's the thing, and that's you what always, happens. As a scientist, it works. Cool. How do I replicate that exact thing? And what happens? Right. What variable is changing? What constant is the constant? I get scientific method, but I just feel like they they didn't do the repetition part enough in the film to me for me to get. That's why it's a con. It's a con for me. It took me out of the, the stinger. was like, oh, fuck. Because I know where it ends. No, and, and I'm I saying, I get and it. And I go, that's weird that they never address it. They just go on yeah. with the repetition of the tunnel. And, and I'm saying, I get it. I'm defending it from this point of just yeah. other things we've said about other characters that are also doing scientific-y things. That yeah. It's like, it's okay that if you jump from here to here overnight, or if you jump from here to here in a matter of weeks... I'm okay with it because yeah. it works. If it doesn't work and you get stuck, and I've seen it potentially work by luck, I now can use this as a con. Yeah, you know, but I, mean, I get it. I mean, it's like bring back you have point, you have at least thing. a plan like C of you have an enlarging disc. If you really get stuck down there for more than this amount of time, try that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get what you're saying. Right. Backup plans are, are kind of. It's I would a, always have. I always have backup plans. It's a heavy, a I heavy con anchor that you Q. had. That went pretty long, <laughs> actually. All right, uh, that's yeah, my last I, con. So I, fuck it. I'm not going to continue on this because this is going way too long for this one con. <laughs> this is the Spider-Man suit all over again. No, no, no. Despite no. Spider-Man suit con, that's its own thing. <laughs> yeah, let's just move on. Don't even get that started. Yeah, uh, that was my last con. Let's go next. <laughs> Perfect. Heavy. Beer. Drink Heavy it. anchor. Beer. Drink it. <laughs> drink it's it with good. your friends. It's like coffee instead of everything else that's on the bottle. <laughs> drink it with your friends. Drink it with your family. Uh, actually, yeah, I'll talk about the beer because I brought it. Uh, yeah. It is Founders Brewing Breakfast Stout. I picked it specifically because when I both uh, mind linked on, on the uh, – when I sent him a picture, it was like – Oh, there's a picture of a baby eating, or a child eating a, uh, you know, breakfast cereal with a spoon. It reminded me of the moment when Scott gets, I guess, knocked out by Wasp, but he passes out eating cereal. He gets forcefully brought into the problem of the movie. (laughs) Yes. But he happens to be eating cereal at the time, and it just See, here's the thing with these, with these beer pictures. When, when Paul sends like 18, or not, he sent like eight pictures. There's like eight. There's a lot. I look at, what I'm gonna like to drink, and not like what can I freaking connect? Well, that's the whole both. point. Like we want to try to make them relevant. To I the, do both. I mean, no. it's just <laughs> we otherwise... want to try something that tastes good. Yeah, of course, but we want to be able to connect it to the film so it makes sense. Yeah, we tried to connect that Fauci beer to a film, and that freaking sucked. That that beer. Well, just... our initial experience of that film sucked. I mean, we should have tried to get through oh, the whole damn, film. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you bring in beer number two. Shit. <laughs> and it's way better. Yeah, yeah. just ruined my own argument. Yeah. <laughs> but no, founders breakfast out. It's good. I'm just sad that it. Um, they they put it. They they listed the uh, flavor out of order. They're like double chocolate coffee oatmeal stout. Tastes just like coffee. Just coffee, guys. Yeah. So, but coffee with a hint of oatmeal. There's zero. I'm gonna. I don't taste zero. I'm gonna jump in zero here chocolate break. in this bitch because we did have a beer prior to this that did have. That spicy chocolate taste, which was well, yeah, it was. I the, think probably didn't help 
because we got that on the front end, and then on this one, the same you glass. get more of the coffee flavor, a little more coffee vanilla. Yeah. And you're like, mmm. So I'm already. <sighs> you guys like the coffee. I hate coffee. So that, I, I like it when get, it's in a in a middle note. You mix it up every time. You're either like everybody hates coffee, and Ryan's like, I love coffee, or no, you're no, like, no, like I don't like coffee. Well, I mean, like in general, like <laughs> I really hate coffee. I don't I ever drink coffee. it ever, ever, ever. But I enjoy it. I drink in the it background of things if I have to, like tiramisu or whatever. I do not enjoy coffee. I don't really like the flavor of coffee all the time. Like, there's yeah. certain, like, desserts or sauces or something like that that might yeah. have some coffee hints to it. Right, that's what I mean, like a hint. And if it's hints, I like it a lot. Um, and I like the smell of coffee, but I don't like the taste. I don't even like the smell. It's kind of boring. Like, if I walk down the <laughs> coffee aisle, like, if I if I go into a coffee, like, <laughs> if I go into Starbucks or if I go into Dunkin' Donuts, I like Boring! The, I don't understand! I like the smell. But I, I, I don't like this flavor. It's the same thing that, like, everyone's like, oh, I mean, you like also have different types of coffee. Years. You have 10 years of smelling coffee on me, so. <laughs> I mean, don't, I mean, you got to understand, I grew up in a house with, like, 16 different flavors of coffee in the freezer and in the cab. My mom is a coffee, like, monster. She'll drink 50 different kinds of coffee in the same week. Every- and... Like then it was like oh these K cups show up and then it's like oh which thousands of flavors can my wife try? You Dude, know? Like my my family like my my mom and my dad my grandparents they all drink coffee black. It's yeah. like just give me coffee flavor yeah. of coffee smell of coffee. I don't want to add any sweetness nothing. Just give me yeah. coffee. I like it. And right. I've just Why? never liked it. I've never liked the flavor of it. Um, I've always had to like but, feel cr- like sugar and cream the fuck out of it to like enjoy anything, and I don't even not even work. Oh no, that pisses me off. I I like, and I think that's why I like IPA so much because I like the bitterness. I like that bitter taste. I I like dark black too, coffee. It like dominates my face. That's why I don't like it. So, for what I was trying to say is, I I agree with Ryan a lot that I like bitterness in things, but. I don't know what it is about coffee. It's just, it's just coffee is the only thing that it just grinds my gears. It's a specific, and, its own category of bitterness, right? And it's not the same as like the IPA bitter. So no, trying- it's not. But well, it's not the same, but it's similar in a sense. Like there's a, <clears throat> I mean, bitterness is bitterness, and when yes. Hops and coffee are not the same, but it's a similar experience. So, what I'm trying to get at is, especially for this beer, having the double chocolate and having the mm-hmm. nope. coffee and having <laughs> just let just let me get through it, Paul. Um, it's not in there though. You're lying. <laughs> just let just let me get through it. What I'm trying to say is, like even chocolate, like chocolate nibs are very bitter. It's if until you add sugar and milk and a bunch of shit to it, you do not get a Hershey's bar. It's very bitter. Yeah, and I, I mean personally, I don't add shit to my Hershey's bar. No, he's <laughs> specifically shit. Yeah, that was a good point. That's a good point, Ryan. I didn't hear it. I wasn't following until I heard that. I was like, wait, you don't. I add- couldn't oh. resist. I get so. what bit- I know what Wit's saying because I know what chocolate nibs are, but I oh, get no. it. I, I know get what, what you were saying. I know what funny. nibs are. So typically in beer. When coffee is incorporated, they always incorporate chocolate nibs or they incorporate chocolate in general to balance it somehow to get you out of that pure coffee flavor. 
And that's what I get in this beer. Like I taste that coffee aftertaste is where I get the coffee flavors, the aftertaste for me. And the bitterness is coming from hops, nibs, like the chocolate nibs, and the coffee. No. So they're all, I'm getting all three of those bitter things. I'm just getting bitter chip coffee flavor. I'm not even getting oatmeal. That's the part that's even more annoying. The oatmeal. I'm I get what you're getting. saying with the because ch- I'm on board. I get the I get the nibs thing. Le- well, you got to add sugar to get chocolate. I get it. Let me ask you this question. But, nope. What does oatmeal taste like if Saw- you don't add anything to it? Sawdust. Did you hear that Russian exactly. guy? Exactly. It tastes like sawdust, which tastes like nothing. No. Well, it tastes like no. It tastes it's like something. Texture. Oatmeal's got a very specific mouth. flavor without. Adding other things to sweeten it up or change the direction. Yeah, but but oatmeal is one of those things that it like, typically like typically fibery. if you add a flavor to the something to something, it tastes like you're Whatever mixing something added. together. Oatmeal is one of those things where once you add a flavor, the flavor totally well over like, overtakes whatever uh, oatmeal tastes like. I don't know if I agree with that. I I would say it swings it to the. Like a, a palatable pendulum, but I don't think like adding strawberries to a fucking oatmeal makes it go. Oh, this is now just only strawberries. It tastes like no, oatmeal and that, strawberries to you, me. I don't believe oatmeal tastes like anything. Taking oats, making oatmeal, it literally just—it's a texture in my mouth. There's not much of a taste to it. Yeah, it, it's oh, pretty bland so. until you add cream and sugar. Unless and- you add something to it. Well, it's, to me, it's like the same thing with grits, right? Like, what the fuck is that until you add other shit to it? Same. But, grits are nothing until you add butter but, to it. But it's the same concept of like... It's just mush in your mouth. Man, I don't but know. But for this but beer... I, but I, I, there's a distinct difference for me between chocolate nibs and coffee bitter. There, there is. Different bitter. There and is. I, and I, I hear what you're saying. I, don't, I just don't taste No, there it. is. And I'm tasting this and I am not a coffee fan and I am getting the coffee aftertaste that I that's the thing I don't like it's because there's a smell to it too where it smells like I just yeah, it's like that, a fucking straight but I also coffee. I also like the smell of coffee so at least on a level I can be okay with the coffee flavor yeah but I'm also getting enough like for me because I'm I think I'm okay enough with the coffee that I can get past that to get to the chocolate nibs that for me I'm tasting a higher level of chocolate than you are like we were saying earlier about the way our taste buds work and the way our yeah, yeah. sensors are working it's yeah, like bitters are different i'm definitely getting that coffee thing that i'm like eh, i don't like it well but that's annoying because it's i'm getting some chocolate. of the other stuff that means it's like it starts with double chocolate coffee oatmeal that order you're promising me not just single chocolate but fucking double chocolate <laughs> don't give me chocolate bitter nib bullshit don't say dark bittersweet chocolate just say double chocolate i expect Sweet, yummy chocolate. Yeah, but and then you're this, like coffee. This is also the very first stout that I ever tried. Yeah. So I think that oh, that also makes me. We were talking think, about that before you got here about what our our first stouts. And mine was yeah. Guinness, so well, I, the bar was pretty fucking. Coming high. from a person, coming from the one person who does like coffee in this room, this beer is great. I like the taste of it. <laughs> you get the coffee taste more than you get the chocolate taste. You do get the dark. It's like that dark chocolate bitterness, mm-hmm. but you do get the coffee, and it comes through great. So, as a coffee lover, this beer is fantastic. Yeah, this is one when, of the... When two people who don't like coffee talk about it, it's not going to 
probably this Wait, is one favorite? of the only. So, so this, I'm gonna. This okay. is one of the only versions of coffee that I enjoy is when it's in a beer or it's. I was in about a dessert, to say I'm so I'm not super. I'm just more angry that they lied about the order of the flavors. That's more than I'm pissed about. I'm enjoying it for what it is as a coffee stout because I don't mind it either in a beer as much. I'm, am I gonna go buy this three more if times? If they would have said Probably. double dark chocolate coffee oatmeal stout, no, not even. If this isn't a dark chocolate direction. This is a nib direction. He's right about that. If it was because dark chocolate, despite the fact that it's more bitter than milk chocolate, well, is no, still I, sweet. I still translate just the milk. The lactose is not in it, so it's like, not. Cacao nibs are uh, give me the same sense as dark chocolate. If you were to eat uh, like bittersweet baking chocolate that looks like dark chocolate, because I did that as a kid once and it ruined my whole fucking oh, it's brain. disgusting. It's horrifying, right? Because it doesn't have the sugar in it. That's the difference. But if yeah. you add sugar to that, it is more in the dark chocolate realm where it's like you're seeing a dark or chocolate. That now has the sweetness that you want, and it's I, more palatable. Here's it's what the, you get when you buy I a dark get, chocolate. I get that Milky Way because <laughs> my regular Milky Way. Kayla prefers darker chocolates, yeah, which I'm not a huge fan of, but I get a sense of it. It's a blend. It's and this thing's hard to get because it is a blend of those bitter chocolates yeah. with coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's. I just think that it's very polarizing flavor than oatmeal. I mean, I don't taste any oatmeal whatsoever because oatmeal doesn't taste. I just want to rewrite the label. That's all I give a shit about. It's like yeah, it's coffee, bitter chocolate. Uh, founders, if you need help it. relabeling your beers, yeah, just Google. Just Paul Google and I are website. available. Just message us on the website through the Bur- one Bourbon movie one beer. And but no, uh, here's the thing. Let me let me just send a DM. This beer has been out for a very long time, so bit so I mean, founders could probably give a crap. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, we are talking about this. Oh, I mean, we discussed how many like actual listeners are. I mean, if you're listening is the thing. It's not like, hey, listeners. It's like if you're listening. Yeah. The, hey, <laughs> hey, we're listener. Still, we're still in that phase of our popularity. Hey, Wit. Hey, Paul. <laughs> hey, Ed. Hey, Jared. Remember that time we did an episode and it was like, hey, wives, how many times have you listened to our podcast? Not even one. our wives have listened to over one episode. Half, half of one. <laughs> one. I think my wife's at three now. But. Um, so, no, Kayla over, listened overall, to an hour though, and a half of the first episode. It includes the one that my wife was in. She listened to her own episode. <laughs> no, so, Kayla didn't listen to She didn't to even that. listen to her uh, own episode. No. Oh, uh, Lindley didn't either. Um, but to wrap up this beer, it is... Definitely, like what I'm, I'm looking for in a porter. I think because of this one being my first one, I'm always looking for stout? hints. I'm always, I'm sorry, stout. It's not that they're not far away. They're very similar they're cousins, yeah. But for stouts, for some reason, because this was my first but one, please I'm always... get it right in the future. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I was being nice. That was a dick, dick move. Had to do it. <laughs> With stouts, hey. because this was my first one, I'm always thinking of coffee and cocoa nibs right. and somehow trying to get oatmeal into there. Never really does. But <laughs> I think that this is what I'm looking for. It's kind of like my Tropicalia of stouts. Well, that's the oh, weird part is yeah, like, like Tropicalia is my IPA of IPAs. 
This yeah. is my stout of stouts. Like I'm always looking for something close to this. I'm okay with the coffee. I'm okay with all the elements it's trying to bring me. Yeah. And then I try another stout. I'm like, okay, you went heavier on chocolate. You went heavier on coffee. You went pure oatmeal. Like whatever you're trying to do. Like, have you seen like the oatmeal stout? Like, it's literally just oatmeal and barley. That one is pretty. I was trying to. I was. I almost got that one. I showed you a picture of that one. I think one. left hand nitro oatmeal stout. It's yeah. like just barley and oats. Like yeah. that's all it is. So, it's a sawdust. It's tasting. Well, left hand is a milk milk stout. Sorry. Barley, oh my oats, God. and milk. Crushed it. Um, hey, sorry. Pair of Look, glasses around here. We can okay. push Here's up on thing. his nose. Oh, well, pause real quick. How come every time we're talking about these freaking movies, y'all, you have to be very specific when I say something. But yet, when yeah. y'all say something and I be specific about the beers, you're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I love it. No, fun. You know why? No, I'm not you know why? taking that shit. That is- it is freaking labeled as one thing you better call it the right thing and call it out it's you funny it's, call it. it's, it's funnier that way but uh i always exactly. call them out too because my first that was a i'm not mad isn't i just have to put on a show yeah <laughs> well, mine, mine, i'm playing a character right now yeah I was telling, I was telling Ryan, my first stout was Guinness, so it's like it's a fucking smooth ass nitro, fucking like you know nitrogen beer that ninety percent of these guys don't do. So when I like drank other beers after, I was like, this is crap because it tasted like a fuzzier carbon, co- like a copier ditto sheet version of Guinness, and I was like, this is lame. And then like get into the coffee specific on the label ones, I was like, ah, I kind of usually steer clear because fucking like coffee, but yeah. when I no, my friends would have, offer them to me. I'd, I'd be nice and drink them. And then I'm like, ah, oh, they're not that bad. Because, I, again, I started getting into that. Like, I'm okay with coffee being incorporated with other flavors into things. Right. I won't. If you hand me a coffee, I'll be like, uh, no, I, I don't want that. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. thanks. Give me some water. Coffee, no, thank you. Orange juice. Beer? Water, please. I'll take it. Yeah. When a, co- when a friggin' waitress puts a cup down in front of me, you can, you can take that. No. <laughs> Just turn that back over. But. Just no, thank you. To agree with you on the idea, not in coffee, but tea. I get super pissed when people put fucking cream and shit into fucking tea. Like, when I was in Wales, there was like an array. Like, I'm in the UK. There's like, they have tons of different kinds that they're known for tea time and shit. And then I get over there, like, I'm like, hey, I'll have this one tea. They're like, oh, you want some milk in it? I'm like, why would I want milk in it? They're like, you don't want milk in it? And I was like, yeah, because if I put milk in it, it'll taste like fucking milk and not the thing I want it to taste like. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's weird. I was like, why have 40 flavors when you can only taste milk? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and my wife milks her tea, and I'm like, you suck. Get, don't do that. <laughs> what a strange yeah. person. She, she milks that tea. Oh, God, of course you would do that. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Segway. This is why when you say these nerdy things, we're like, no. <laughs> hey, <laughs> speaking you're, of. Because you're also Captain Penis. So. Speaking of milk and teas, <laughs> who is our favorite character? <laughs> that was a... <laughs> Very, that was oh that so, was like like so, a like a segue where you try to jump over like this big gap a, and you fall into the, the cavern. <laughs> here's 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 something I want to point out with my fantastic segues. Let's just leave let's it just, at that. Let's I feel just like move on. I feel like you forgot to charge your segue. <laughs> but no, founder, hey, founders, look. Founders. Breakfast Stout. <laughs> I, I thought he was going anywhere. We are both. We are both talking at the same time. Founders Breakfast Stout. It's one of those that if you have it early on in your 
like trying stout beers, like it's yeah. going to give you a profile that you lean towards. And it'll benefit you if you're dyslexic and you read the label. I'm just going to put that one. And <laughs> it, is, it is a good beer. I have enjoyed it for years, even though I don't like coffee on a level that's like coffee, 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 coffee. But I like this beer. I like what it's doing. There's a lot of other beers that are trying to do what this one does. I agree with you on that. So well, this is a good yeah. starting point. Well, for Uh-oh. a coffee I feel like stout. Ryan's going to readjust his glasses again that he's not wearing. Yes, I'm going to adjust my monocle. <laughs> Monopoly guy. To agree with what Wood was saying, and as a coffee drinker, Ooh. so please, you can take my opinion and... Uh, Shove it. Google <laughs> it. <laughs> Invest it. Oh, oh. That's, Go sorry. on Google and say Sorry, I went the wrong way. <laughs> Google Federals. It's good. Drink it. Moving on to favorite characters. It'll get you drunk. It's beer. <laughs> It'll get you drunk. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Segway. Captain Segway. <laughs> All right. right. Favorite character. Well, Who in this movie had the biggest penis? Excuse me? <laughs> Could you I mean, run technically that by me Paul Rudd, right? I mean, uh... Technically, yeah, man. That would depend on where Lawrence Fishburne Next started. <laughs> I guess that would depend on where Lawrence Fishburne started. He only got 20 feet, though. That would depend on where... <laughs> wow. I feel like Anyways. you know Lawrence Fishburne better than we do. <laughs> Anyways. Um, my favorite character was Hope. My favorite character was uh, James Wu. I like Hope a lot in this one because yep. of how much of a badass she is. Um, especially that first scene where you really see her fully as the wasp. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like she spends the first half of that scene trying to avoid having to put on the suit. It's like... Oh, she wanted the whole time. She, she wants to the whole time, but she's trying to avoid it so that she doesn't have to put all her cards on the table. Right. And she's like, let's just... Resolve this right here, right now. <laughs> Nobody gets hurt. Right. And you did there. Walton, Walton Goggins is just like, nah. Sonny Birch. He's he's so good um, at just being a ridiculous villain. But uh, He's pretty good. And then she just puts on the suit and just... He's like the southern version of who Christoph Waltz plays in, in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, oh. yeah. That, that's... He like walks us in with information and like he sounds... Like you would assume he doesn't know much, and then he knows fucking way more. He knows anything. too many things. I think that's. So I'm going to interrupt scene. you real quick because Paul said that. Freaking Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards may be the greatest villain in movie of history all fucking for me. time. Like better, that whole scene in the farm, I wanted to hear him talk for like the whole fucking like another two gosh, hours. He's freaking can, amazing. Can we uh, pencil that in as a potential? First oh, we're gonna watch that. Oh, I three. just watched it last week, so I freaking love that movie. I watch that movie like three <laughs> times a year. Um, so good. But are you okay over there? <laughs> I'm great. I've got to pee a little bit. <laughs> Sounds like you are peeing a little bit. But uh, no, again, like with hope, like I'm I like Mister Pac-Man. <laughs> I like, I like that first scene especially. Like she's a badass. <laughs> um, I even like that as an actress. She was like, if I was wearing this helmet. And I got done fighting, I would take it off, and my hair is not going to be absolutely perfect. It's going to be like fucked up. And the, Peyton Reed was I like, "I mean, it's always in a ponytail." He yeah. was like, "Yeah, but like, hard yeah. to screw that up." Uh, he, actually, not hard. I'm surprised it's not getting caught in her hair mask more often. More um, often, retrocon. Well, I mean, 
because the mess Retro is CGI, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. hair's long. It should get snapped in that shit because the well, helmet like comes does, over her head and then get, she should get caught hey, in her face. But because of, because of that thing that she told it's, him, it's she magic. made sure that they were also like, like not just her, but Paul Rudd. You can see like sweat coming off of them because they have been fighting. It's like because of that comment where she was like, well, if I was wearing a helmet, I would want my hair up in a ponytail and a, bun. a messy bun or something like that because it has to fit into this helmet. And then he or was like, "Let's take that." Hair. He's like, "Let's take that to the next level of realism." Like, if you were fighting people, you'd be sweating because that's isn't it weird though? What happens now that you say that their hair was all business in the first movie? Look at me, I'm look at my hair, I'm all business. And uh, first movie, she for grew sure. it out to now wear a helmet. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but like, I like that. Like, as an actress, she brought that to the table. She was like, "I am this character, and right. this is what I'm thinking," and. Then she's also the catalyst for let's make sure that we get my mom back. Um, and she also and doesn't understand how it's her how memory works. It's her memory that makes them Owen? connect the dots. I didn't hear. What so you said. it's she her memory how hide and seek works. I said, <laughs> yeah, it's her memory of not understanding hide and seek that makes the dots connect oh, yeah. to be like, okay, she's she's still down there in the quantum realm. Let's go get her. You know, she's ultimately the the hero. Like she has her whole Deadpool in the car fight scene. Yes, Deadpool plus shrinking and growing. I it's do, like I was confused by the one awesome. scene where she swings from the back seat to the front seat and smashes through the window. That was incredible, but also unrealistic. Unrealistic. But I mean, I'll give it to it, her because unrealistic. Cool it's somebody shrinking and growing in freaking suits. Right, but. The idea of like when she shrinks and grows <laughs> in those moments that I believe it, within these movies that there's like a shrink thing going on, but like get into yeah, full size and still pull that off without changing size. I was like, okay. But I mean, that's that's my favorite character, and that she scene, can do whatever she wants. I get it. That scene when she's <laughs> those two scenes where she's just kicking ass, she's, and she she's a very much. Those are two of my favorite scenes. Emily Blunt in uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow, yes. Where and she's, oh, place. she's more badass than the superhero. That's the main dude. Yeah, it's like, but like, she's my favorite character. She's better than him in every way. And Emily those Blunt two, those two scenes especially, is though, the most badass female character. I just meant like she's up against Tom Cruise, and she's even when he's at his peak as the character he's playing, the best version of him, the most badass fighter version. She's still better than him. I agree. Just like. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Rebecca Ferguson in the Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible film. Same same concept. Like she's still better than him. Ilsa. I think that's good. Ilsa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. like, and so again, she like, knows it because she said you wouldn't get caught in the cap in Germany scene. Yeah. If you're so with you, yeah. if you, yeah, if you were watching. Yeah. So she's my favorite character, and my favorite scenes are those scenes where she's using the technology to avoid like the punches and the knives and like it's it's all just perfect and i i love it so yeah, yeah. that scene where she fucking bitch slaps that bottle of salt oh hell yeah it's a great move and uses yeah. the growing disc that they don't send back with scott to the quantum realm right they're not growing discs because yeah. she just has the little pew pews that <laughs> grow in shrink things yeah pew pew she blaster she doesn't use the disc at this point. You know who does, though? Lawrence Fishburne uses him a lot. 
he chucks them physically at the fucking the chamber. Right? Am I wrong? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get a point. Uh, you want to go into Jimmy Woo as your favorite character? Because you've announced it. Yeah, here's the thing. I have three favorite characters. No, you get one. But um, what? I'm, let me finish what I'm going to say. All right. Oh, because we always let Whip finish what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, Good job closing the door, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. Anyway. Um, no, but three of the guys that I really love in this movie, they all really serve the same purpose. Right. Two of them, Jimmy Woo and um, Luis, mm-hmm. are basically serving the same purpose, just in different ver- and on opposite sides of Scott Lang. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean... Michael Pena is hilarious in this movie, and I freaking love him. But I picked him in the last movie, so I'm just going to go with Jimmy Choo in this movie. Jimmy Choo? Or Chu? Jimmy Woo. Excuse me. The shoes guy? I said the same <laughs> thing again. The fancy, expensive, high heels guy? No. Jimmy Choo's? But the reason I love him is... <laughs> Sorry, I had to Just because in. it's... I don't know. It's, it's very dry humor, which yeah. I love. Um... He's like cross between naive and on purpose. But then like he is. But he's also, if you want to, if you're like getting pulled over by a cop, he is the law enforcement officer you want to be pulled over by, because right. most likely he's going to tell some joke, and <laughs> then you might he's be able to play by the him. books. And, and so you're going to probably have a good experience. But maybe go out to dinner later. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you hey. want to go to dinner? He'll see you later. You're like, oh. where? What? Where? <laughs> uh, sorry. When I arrest you later. I thought we were, you were inviting me somewhere. <laughs> but between him, just his character is perfect in this movie. I, I don't know I what like else to not, say. I he's like great. that he's not, like he's a he's a cop, but he, he has empathy. That's his biggest Yeah, he's he's not a for me. power guy. Like he even he's, goes like, oh yeah, oh God, sorry Scott, I know they're your friends, but I just really needed to win. <laughs> yeah. But he like gets that like... Despite the fact that they're criminals, <laughs> technically, according yeah. to him, uh, he still gets that Scott would be upset when he gets mad that they're being arrested. <laughs> yeah. So, um, he's my favorite character. Favorite scene, really, I already said it earlier, but just the scene when he's talking with Cassie about <laughs> about the law and really outlines in detail every aspect of what can happen if you break the law. And it's right. hilarious, and it's fantastic. Um, so, love that. And then the other scene is when um, the other dude breaks into his office while he's got the magic uh, tutorials on his computer, and he's trying to learn the card <laughs> trick. Dude, knock. Which I freaking that's, love. That's a callback to fucking the, Spaceballs. The fact that in WandaVision, he then is doing the card tricks. Ah, oh, it's oh. freaking amazing. And if you love it, if you go on Disney Plus, one of the special features of this one is like the commercial for that online school. Yeah, and it's like we'll bring out the magic in you. (laughs) So lame. So this episode uh, not brought to you by Disney Plus. Jimmy Woo, he's awesome. Love him. I'm glad that, 
And I hope that they continue to bring him back as a reoccurring character in this universe. Whether it's small, it's most likely going to be small, but I just want him to constantly just show up. Gosh, WandaVision alone is just like... Everywhere. I want him to, I want him to be like Wong. For FBI, Wong gets, why not? Wong gets to be in fucking every goddamn movie. Why can't fucking Jimmy Woo be in every movie? Anytime there's a need for FBI, why can't he be the one showing up? Yeah, I guess I'm not a need for FBI in every movie. But no. right. But when Dad. there is, Damn. he better be the one. They should probably... I want S.H.I.E.L.D. to hire him so that he can be like him and Maria Hill running around doing cool shit. Oh. How badass would that be? Or the TVA. He's a TVA agent. Like, fucking... Oh, he oh would my be God. amazing in the TVA. Him and Owen Wilson Partnered are partners. Buddy yeah. Cop, TVA. Buddy <laughs> love every second. I would love to see a show. A TVA, Starsky, and Hutch those with two. those two. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, Paul. You're up. <laughs> How do I follow that? Good luck. Oh, God damn. I'm going to follow this but close the door. Yeah, you know how that door closes? Because I'm one of those people who pulls their pants all the way down like a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do then because Wit's not looking. I'm the one facing the door, so. <laughs> I'd like to not see your ass. That'd be great. Any whatever. I don't even remember the fuck I was going to pick now. Any who's a woozle? I'm going to pick Scott. Did I pick what I picked last time? Did I pick Scott? I don't think I picked Scott. Um, I don't know. I'd have to. I have to go listen to it again. You might have. I don't know. I'm gonna pick him again anyway because he has growth. I don't like Scott because he's awesome and he's the sexiest goddamn man alive. Uh, this episode not brought to you by People Magazine yet. Yet. Um, I'm a humongous Paul Rudd fan. I've always been a big Paul Rudd fan, but I really do like that this movie fills that gap of where the fuck Ant-Man has been and like they spend so much time on like him just filling time with being ha- legitimately house arrested <laughs> and like he's just like getting good at close up magic every he's time the fucking every drums, time I watch that I'm like that's what I would do if I was stuck in that house. But he's got like the drum day. kit and he's so like all into it. He's not even like bored just doing it for fun. He's like he just really gets I would learn a new skill. I would learn drums. I would learn magic. I would try and have a trick shot with a tiny basketball hoop. Right. But at the same time, he's growing as Ant-Man. He's gotten so much better at... I mean, I I was a con earlier of him, like, you know, having a miraculous flying ant at every moment. But the idea that he is not... The only stumbling block he's had this entire movie is because of the suit, not because of him. Right, mm-hmm. he's not held back by his skills anymore. He knows how to control it for the most part. He knows that he's going to pass out as the giant dude, but he needs to get the fucking building for three back. days. But uh, <laughs> but the idea of him like uh, like having been a basically a human experiment for this pro for this process and surviving all of it, understanding how it works, and wanting to be better and better at it, and willing to take the risk of going to civil war and uh-huh. fighting with Cap. It's what we call him, but uh, <laughs> but either way, dude, I really like like every aspect of his his content. He even comes up with clever ideas for solving all these issues. Like a lot of the plans that are made are his plans. Who'd you pick, Scott? Nice. Yeah. I mean, did I he, like. Did I he like, pick him last time? I maybe. I don't remember. I can't remember. So I know I, I picked go with him. Hank Pym. You picked Michael Pena. I think you did pick him. 
Nah, keep it going. Let's go. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but I like his dynamic and his how he redeems Hope with humor. <laughs> like, and like redeems himself with her. And also the, the idea that he like, he is willing to stick and follow the rules, right? He, he fucks up with his foot out the door, but like he's just trying to, to serve his time and whatever. They, they kidnap him to get out of there. He does risk it for them and prove that he's willing to do what it takes to help them out. You know? I mean, he but the way that just... he channels Michelle Pfeiffer, no one else would have pulled that off. He's just another one of those. <laughs> so it's just, awkward. That's, that was also on my favorite scenes yeah. list. But I knew that amazing. if somebody picked, oh if god, somebody picked Scott. I was oh like, "There's great that as their scene." But that I love it. Stuff. The fact that it's now that we've we've been in this universe and these characters have been established. He is one of those like Ant Man, Scott Lang. The fact that Paul Rudd is the character. He he's almost on like okay, please don't get mad at me for saying this, but he's almost on like the Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool level of No, the why fact would I be mad about that? He embodies the character No, you're right amazingly yeah. well. And he's I couldn't right. I couldn't envision anybody else doing that role. Well, like I said before, like I I'm so glad that they decided to go with the Scott Lang and then give Paul Rudd this role. Yeah. Versus try to pull it off with it. With the personality of Hank Pym in the comics, which was a douchebag. Yeah. Like, not so much a douchebag, but just not fun, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. serious and smart. He's the smartest dude. Like, he helps create fucking Ultron. Like, he, just, he has all this stuff. And they rebooted him in the comics with, with, with Scott because the that situation where he, you know, hits, hits Janet in the thing. Well, whether or not they try to erase it, it still left a bad taste in fans' mouths. Yeah. Where they were like, this is bullshit. This character sucks now, and they're like, "Oh, well, I guess we got to pass the torch to a new character and try to do it again." But like the idea that they in the MCU decided to go with with this type of this direction of it of goofy humor, and it's funny because there's a parallel situation. Speaking of Ryan Reynolds, where he goes to the ba- the uh, um, the birthday party. That's the same thing happened in the scene with uh, Green Lantern, the, the movie that shall not be spoken of. But he goes to his nephew's fucking birthday party, right? Same kind of setup. He's not really the, he's the odd person out. Nobody wants him there. And, yeah. And uh, he's, he gets a funny gift, and he's the funniest person in the room. But I do agree with you. He is Ryan Reynolds' level. And the funny part is if you watch the extras on this in Disney+, Plus, there's a gag reel separate from a Paul Rudd is the funniest dude on set reel. Like, yeah. it's literally Paul Rudd makes everyone... And somebody mentions it. Like, he... He brings it so hard, like so funny, and so chill and relaxed that everyone else on set is relaxed. Everyone's there because they want to see what Paul Rudd's going to do. And everyone, if, if you're in a bad mood, you can't be in a bad room around a guy. And it's not because he's trying to be that. That's just who the fuck he is. That's just who he is, yeah. Right. And that's that's how Ryan Reynolds is, right? Like Ryan Reynolds is notorious for the same concept of like coming on set and just being such a goofball that like everyone else feels comfortable being themselves. Yeah. I think that's really important. I think he does that on purpose, naturally. But I think, I mean, they had the same thing they said about him on Parks and Recs. Like, he goes into Parks and Recs and plays this completely dumb, idiot character. <laughs> but he's so Bad funny that everyone's just like, he's 
he's great, you know. He's just an idiot. And the fact that he's willing to do anything for a laugh, like if you, I don't know if you guys have seen, including Spears. including every dad joke did, ever. Did he's... you see this, the? You guys need to watch on YouTube the uh, uh, Stephen Colbert's. Like Stephen Colbert was allowed to announce, was like given the honor of announcing who the sexiest man alive was going to be, and then they did this whole bit where they brought him on, and he made him go through the the ringer of like the the what the. Uh, they were basically putting through tests to to test his sexiness, and one of them was basically treating him like a dog in the dog like the uh, the uh, fucking dog show. <laughs> he has him on a leash. He puts him up on a thing. He checks his haunches. He checks his teeth. Like it's a fucking whole bit. They put him through all these different phases, but it starts with him doing an interview about like what he thinks about sexiness. What does he like describe things? And he's like, oh, oh, that's a lost the point. That wasn't very sexy. And then he says something else like, oh. Oh, self, self. Okay, that's that's very sexy. Like he just goes back and forth, but it's really like, it it's ridiculous. But Paul Rudd going through it, and it's hilarious with the links he'll go for a joke. And I've caught, he's like, and it's like there's a part where like he rolls over on his back and Colbert like blows a raspberry in his belly, and then he brings him back for another interview because he does that one that he does it on there was also promoting his like. His Netflix show with, uh, or not Netflix, uh, Apple Apple TV show. The Shrink Next the Door. The Shrink Next Door. And then he comes back in to do new Ghostbusters movie the week later. And then he revisits that, that bit from the week before when he got sex with alive. And he goes, I didn't even know you were going to blow that raspberry, but that was a nice touch. <laughs> he goes, thank you for doing that. And he's like, no, it was my pleasure. <laughs> it was my pleasure. God. Oh, my God. It is, he is incredible. He discusses like a time when uh, when he switched uh, with a masseuse in Vegas when they were doing Knocked Up, and him and um, him and Seth Rogen. So Seth Rogen had, had scheduled a, a massage in real life, not like for the movie, and there were, had like hours between takes or between uh, filming. So Parwood found out he got the massage, and he goes in and he and he he talks to the place, and he switches out with the person, and he's like. I gave him like a 40, like it was 40 minutes before he even knew it was me. Like he didn't even notice. And then he finally opens his eyes like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but he was like, but I was like, give it him. He's like, a massage. He was like, get into it. So like, Good Lord. Like you thought it after like a minute and he'd be like, hey, it's, it's me. <laughs> he just gave him a 40 minute massage. It was funny. Far Far like, Yeah. He's incredible. But yeah, uh, as Scott Lang, incredible. And, and, uh, Again, the probably, I can't tell which my favorite scene. The way he goes all out for his daughter to build like this entire elaborate fucking set, uh, like the stairs and the slide and all that shit was uh, so cool. The fucking, did you bring the contact lens? <laughs> oh, so <laughs> or the like contact she, lens that covers the entire or that so face. So cool about like that she gets him the uh, world's greatest grandma trophy. <laughs> I want to knit you a sweater. <laughs> I feel like I want to knit you a sweater, dude. I love that last little bit with. And really, it's Cassie that's hilarious. Cassie is incredible, yeah. The fact that she I was like, like second pick. She's like, yeah, you can do it. It's like, no, but I gotta just like, you know why? And you thought at that moment she's yeah. gonna be like, because you're a superhero. It's yeah. like, no, because you're the world's greatest, greatest, greatest grandma. grandma. <laughs> <laughs> the part where she goes. At that like, moment, I was like, like, I want my daughter to be this child. Yeah. And that part where she's like, that's heartbreaking when that part where she's like, oh, you need a partner. And he's like, well, you know, she's not talking right now. And he's like, she's like, oh, I was talking about me. Me. Yeah. yeah. But I guess you can have hope. She's smart. Yeah. <laughs> she's cool. 
But yeah, like I would have. The Cassie was definitely one of on my list. For sure. Yeah, That's she awesome. was on the top three of mine for sure. Number two. <clears throat> well, recast, precast, anybody? Nope, nope, nope. nope. All right. Well, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> and proof. Nailed it. But yeah, that I don't see a single one. No, nah, everyone's phenomenally cast. Hank Pym, uh, uh, Michael Douglas is Hank Pym. Like, really unless you want to save Janet Van Dyne is amazing. Unless you want to save Fishburne for a more meaty role, right? I was but, gonna say like people. There was a downer where people were like, "You got fucking Lawrence Fishburne who's Morpheus, and you kind of wasted him." But honestly, that's a kind of a dick move to say that, right? Like that's that's like typecasting him, right? You see Lawrence Fishburne, you're like he's gotta do martial arts because he did The Matrix. You're like, no, he can be a fucking goddamn college professor who's pissed about the past. Let him be that yeah, guy. Why not? He's an actor. It's like saying like Morgan Freeman always has to play God just because he's got a cool voice. <laughs> he can do other shit. He can be an old guy I mean, who robs a bank but, or something. I mean, I mean, it's either God or Lucius Fox. I mean, right. which one? Or voicing Planet Earth. Right. One of those. Planet Earth. <laughs> But so, yeah, no, I, I like Lord Fishburne in this role. Did you know that his... I, I thought they uh, just straight up de-aged him, but it was actually his son playing himself in the younger role. Look it up in the IMDb. But they, they did like superimpose his face. They had another actor play young uh, Michael Douglas, but they superimposed the face, the de-aged face. But I would say the de-aging in this film... This one is... Fucking it's on good. point. Yeah. The, on point, for sure. I mean, the Michael Douglas is, is great, but the Michelle Pfeiffer de-aging... You know what's funny is I thought the Michael Douglas one was great till I saw the Endgame one, and then I was like, "Holy shit, that one's better." <laughs> yeah. The hair is amazing. Till I saw them go twenty years further, right? Till they, they doubled down and went to the seventies, <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit!" Damn. But the idea they went to the eighties and the other one a little bit. They went to Gordon Gecko. So, but yeah, no, I uh, I think the casting is on point. Yeah, for everybody. Agreed. All right, so the final category. Tears? Two. Two. Three. Two. In between two and three. <laughs> two. But it's two. <laughs> you were so confident. You're like, two. two. No, three. Two. Nope. Three. I said two, three, in between there, but more of a two than a three. So you could have just said two and we would have been fine. Yeah, but I had to specify. We do this every Did freaking time. <laughs> Did you specify though? I feel like you like couldn't figure it out more than specify. I said it's... In between a two and three, hey, it's more of a two, Paul. So it's gonna get a two, Paul. If, he's if, hold on, let me. He's phasing between two and three. I've got to set the Listen, stage ghost, for this because goddamn I say it every time. If Wit would have create would have created five rating tiers, be a three. this would have been fine. I'd probably give it a three, but no, he created four. Who creates four? He only created give it a five. Ryan, give it a three. Ryan, you know, know he technically created three. He gave us the fourth category because we're dicks. That's what he, he said. He gave us the fourth category because he knew we freaking hated the Hulk. Right. He wanted us to put the Hulk in a category. <laughs> and then he tried to put the Hulk, the yeah. Thor in a category. And... I mean, let's be realistic. Two and three are basically the same category anyway, so what does it matter? They're different. <laughs> They're Incredible and practically perfect. That's one. Those are the same things. That's one and two. Let's, no, let's be not. honest. Let's be honest. When you're watching a Marvel movie, it's like A plus A, A minus. No, I could have sworn B. it was it was two cons, four cons, and then six cons of my cons. The separate <laughs> oh, categories. I don't even this count that. This is a four conner. This is a four conner. I don't even count that. 
I don't even know how you can numerically value the ratings anymore. It's hard. It's that's a two. It's, that's why it's so funny. <laughs> they change every episode. Yeah. I always have to do my tangent. Set this shit up in the beginning. I always have to do my tangent every on time. the fact that there's only really? four numbers. Just let, leave it on red. It's on red. Could have gone to five <laughs> numbers. It would have been great, but we're already 19 movies well, in, me, so it can't me, change now. For me, I think I'm in, the, I'm in the same boat where Ant-Man 1 was three, and this, this is in the same... Like vain as Ant Man one, like they're the same type of movie. But so a little higher, but I like it a little bit more than Ant Man one. So I, I, I'd if go. If they two. hadn't raised the stakes, I'd kept. Yeah, I'd agree with you, but they did raise them, so they're two. I don't I know if you. they raised I mean, I mean, the like, stakes much, but they just introduced the quantum tunnel, so that's well, why it gets a two for me. It's not the quantum tunnel; it's the quantum everything. Right? They have they have a well, basis yeah. for all the things that the, they, the MCU then uses as. No, that's still it's a about quantum everything. Use. But they did introduce the idea of the quantum tunnel, right? Which is what makes it a two for me, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, and it shows that, the brown van. So there's a lot of stuff oh, that is going to play <laughs> in, like at the end of this movie. There's a, <laughs> I say a lot, but there's at least like two things that are going to play into Endgame. So it has to be bumped up to it too. Yeah, and I mean the third one's gonna be Quantum Medium because you know you gotta put quantum in front of everything. I I yep. hope that's a one so bad. <laughs> it's gonna be because fucking Kang, bro. I hope it's a Kang! one. So it Kang. Could, it could be. It could be two. You never know. I hope it's a one. No, it's Jonathan Majors is gonna bring a like three different or fourteen he, many Kangs. If here's the thing, from what we've seen of him so far in this universe. Freaking amazing, dude! On that his first episode of Loki, on his was, first outing, he channeled fucking Gene Wilder from fucking dude Willy Wonka. I mean, get the fuck was, out of here. That was one of the best episodes of a TV show that I've seen in a very long time. Gosh, and I can't. I can't wait to cover it. Gosh, they were like, dang. I was watching a thing where the the uh, it was assembled or whatever their behind the scenes thing was for it, and they were like uh, on Disney Plus, and they were saying like. He just like stood up on the table. That whole scene where he stands up on the table and shit, like the camera, like no one, he just improv that shit. And the camera's like, camera crew's like, I guess we're putting up now. <laughs> like, I guess we're yep. gonna back away a little. Like, he, they didn't, he didn't give a heads up. He just did shit and they just followed him. It was all him just making up crap on the fly. Gosh. I was like, I oh love. man. I am a, I'm a fan of where the, the MCU is going. And I'm actually really looking forward to where this Ant Man stories are going. So. And I'm curious about stature. Like, I'm curious about where they do with the new Avengers. Because I really, I like, I mean, not because I was a huge fan. I'm always, like, elitist when it comes to the Avengers and, like, the OG characters. Because I'm, like, old. And then, like, yep. when I was, like, kind of getting out of comics is when they started rebooting with the younger Avengers and stuff. Where I was like, oh, really? Like, another fucking generation of these? They're going to try to replace them with their kids? Oh, cool. But, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. But it was always, like... I never felt like they were as cool as the originals. They were always like uh, a spinoff or a carbon copy or using the same skill set but just a different face and you're younger now so they can do the same shit again. But I was always like, but now that I'm seeing like, I mean, Haley, I, well, it's a Haley, ah, well, Haley, uh, what's her name? The new girl, the girl that's playing uh, uh, Steinfeld. Steinfeld. Haley Atwell is. Uh, is, is Peggy Carter. Carter. Yeah. Any user, but I'm thinking of uh, 
And Hawkeye, I'm thinking of all the characters are going to be introducing, the new ones are going to be introducing, the ones that will probably fit into that realm. And they're going to recast Cassie again. Now they aged her up, and they're going to put another one in to, make, to play stature. But I'm curious about that character. I want to see what they're going to do. I think, I think MCU is investing in, in the future in these new characters and trying to give them on-screen justice, and I hope they do it right. So... Who's Bill Murray playing in Quantumania? Everyone thinks he's going to play Scott Lang's father. Because it's a short cameo, he claims. Or at least a cameo. It's not. He's not doing it. He's not a villain or anything. But okay. uh, he definitely told the random German paper thinking it wouldn't get out. And now Feige's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's Bill Murray, so I can't do anything about the fact that he spoiled his fucking participation in this film. <laughs> But I wonder. It could. My my guess is that character. I can't think of another character. Grace. It's the quantum realm. He could be some goofball in the quantum realm. I don't know. Could it could be anything? It is uh, Bill Murray. It could be fucking anyone. Yeah. I mean, he and could be. Think, so did, so did we all go? He the could same be tier? like the grandmaster of the quantum realm. He could just be himself. <laughs> the chess the master. Now uh, that the Bill be a Murray of the quantum realm. So did we all go tier two? Yep. Yes, we did. Two to three. That was yep. like three minutes ago, yeah. Yep. I mean, I was just checking. Yep. <sighs> I can't believe like we finished Ant-Man the Wasp. We have Endgame and then... Spider-Man. Far From Home. And then we finished what we started out with being the end. And of? then Marvel's yep. like, we have more shit. Yeah, Lots and then Marvel's like, shit. yeah, then we have eight more movies just this year alone that we're going to put out. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, yep. Shit. Yeah, we've already got... The next first take is going to be the third Spider-Man. Gosh. So excited. <laughs> so excited. That's the sound of Ryan having a heart attack. Well, <laughs> on about that it. note. That's the sound of me literally pooping in my pants. <laughs> on that <laughs> note. So, I mean, I think that's that wraps up Amen the Wasp pretty well. Like, this was our 37th episode. Yeah. I've been with. I've been Paul. See y'all for end game. End game. Bye. Bye. Farewell, friends.